0: Mortal, how
1: said it yourself, Bitch? We're the guardians of the galaxy. Hello, and welcome. Back to a stark contrast where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your hosts, Jeffrey.
2: And Dai.
1: Hello, hello. Oi, bro. 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 Bro.
2: Bro. Dude, how happy are you that they sound exactly the way? <laughs> No, we interpreted it in the Hawkeye episode.
1: They, they, they sound exactly how they look, and they look <laughs> exactly how they sound.
2: <laughs> so if you, hadn't, if you hadn't caught on, we're we're just kind of reminiscing about Hawkeye, considering uh, at the recording of this episode, we're about two episodes deep into the show, mm-hmm. um, with a third on the way, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because that means it's a mid-season finale. Already. Already.
1: Uh, I'm kind of sad it's only six episodes, Bro. but I mean...
2: Yeah. yeah I'm kind it of is like, what yeah. it is. But hey... We still have three, four episodes to go. Uh, like, think of it as the as the glass half full scenario. Yeah. I mean,
1: already in love with like everybody. <laughs> everybody. M. K. Bishop. Yeah. Bailey Stanf- Steinfeld. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward. And then uh, yeah.
2: So. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be much more about that. And then, you know, as a kind reminder, um, we didn't cover Kate Bishop yet, but she'll probably come in the new year. Once the series is done, we can really revisit her and the character and and where it looks like they might be taking her character in the mm-hmm. MCU. Um, aside that, uh, as far as news goes, I mean, I, I just went to San Diego Comic-Con Special That's Edition right. yesterday and. Um, which blew my mind because I was like, oh gosh, I forgot I had a three-day pass to begin with. Oh
0: my gosh. And I get
2: it because I'm a professional. I'm registered as a professional. Uh So it's a a comp. So I got to take uh, a friend and so we went down and just for the day and kind of check things out. And it was so crazy because it was like the blip, a convention during the blip. Cause like Uh, usually there's tons and tons of of people people just spilling into the streets. Now there was a barely a, like a, a tumbleweed. You know what I mean? Oof. But it was still full for all, all intents and purposes. It was a full convention, yeah, if you will. Yeah,
0: But for oh, what, it, what it used to be, yeah. it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you know, I'm not familiar with the special edition version, which is apparently just a you know pared down version of the show where it's just like yeah it has the dealer's hall and you can buy stuff and there are a few panels but there's nothing too big and you know like big big guys like Marvel and DC were not there so mm. the big booths were gone but um it was a it was a nice little chance to kind of feel like how normal might be moving forward and everybody was super respective and respectful and of, of each other and the cosplayers were like I again I, applaud that commitment because all of them were masked up and they like incorporated it into Into their their costumes into their costumes and so yeah yeah, so cool Um, but yeah I didn't buy anything too crazy I just bought uh, Hawkeye's first run one through four nice um, from 1984 I believe Um, yeah that's about it it was pretty good though but one day we will take you we will go and i can't wait to see your senses overload oh i know i
1: always because i always watch all the recap videos on youtube oh you do yeah Yeah. i I always watch the Hall H stuff Mm -hmm. and or and then i keep up with it on twitter yeah you know just because it's like it's such like a mission like and like a thing to go so i'm like oh my gosh yeah i really would have to like prepare myself (laughs) just to like even go right um but yeah oh my
2: goodness one day one day But today, friend, we're here to discuss a character, but right before we get into that, I wanted to just give a welcome to new Patreon patron, the Arachnerd. Thank you, the Arachnerd, uh, for your patron, patron, and (laughs) patron (laughs) stuff. Exactly. Um, Yes, so thank you for joining our our crew. We appreciate it, and what an episode to come into. Um, Yeah, I mean, that said, you know... As always, we're not experts, we don't claim to be, we're Mm -hmm. just talking about a character that we love, MCU comics, let's go. Mm -hmm. Drop us a comment if you have any comments, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) anything. (laughs) All right, that said, today's character study is the one, the only, Peter Quill Star-Lord.
1: One of Die's favorites. <laughs> one
2: of my favorites. You were supposed to go who? Huh? But that's okay. I forgive you. Yeah, no, but he's totally, totally one of my favorites. Um, and like in modern comics, like uh, you know, I again, this is kind of like an internal scenario where I sort of sort of knew this character like he was kind of there before the movie i was just kind of like yeah that guy yeah the guy with he looks like an owl sometimes <laughs> he has this helmet thing whatever um he, and i wasn't s- super deep into him and of course like um with these more obscure characters it wasn't until the MCU version that i was like you know what I'm going to jump into that. Yeah. And, and even before, like, when they had announced the property was becoming a film, I was like, okay, now's the time. I need to go back and do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I dove into, um, I believe, which is a 2012 series. Um, 2012? Brought by Brian Michael Bendis. And um, we'll talk about all that a little later. But do you have any idea how old this character is? Peter Quill himself? Or did he kind of come off? Does he come across as like a newer one?
1: I mean, i off first, off first like assumption, I would think like, oh, he's like a newer, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. character. But I don't think he's like. I don't think they're like, you know, Captain America, Spider Man old. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I would say. Yeah. If I would take a guess, <laughs> I'd say late 70s early 80s Uh,
2: perfect because that's exactly right (laughs) so So Peter Quill, as we know him, Star-Lord, uh, was created by Steve Englehart and Steve Gann, um, whose first appearance was Marvel Preview number four in January, 1976. Ooh, okay. And speaking of Marvel Preview, this is one of those rarities where I'm pulling something out from my actual comic book collection because I don't have, again, this is a scenario where I don't have... a collector card for him because Uh there was this weird era of this character was not mainstream so he wasn't featured and so instead I bring to you the exact comic book that I just mentioned so I have his entire full
1: first stack
2: (laughs) but these are also larger format so these are are like a weird wide magazine stock Um, but this this pile is the exact run of Star-Lord's first appearance in the Marvel universe it
1: looks so dope it's so so crazy I
2: love these for that reason because it looks vintage right and so this this is his very 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 first Um, the crazy thing about these books is that the covers are color the interiors are black and white Oh okay. So it's super duper old school. So as you can see it's very like space pop culture yeah. of the era.
1: Yeah. Like yeah.
2: With the with the lady like strewn about at his feet and he's oh, this blasting is big stuff. Big 70s vibes. Right. Right. But it's interesting because you look at him and he has a certain energy to him yeah. as a character, right? He's not quite the Peter Quill that we know.
1: All I can hear all I can hear from you is just synths. <laughs> Piano sits, yeah. like is all I can hear yeah. from these.
2: Yeah, right. It's so crazy.
1: That's hilarious. Yeah, That's this, so funny. <laughs> number, we're
2: looking at number 10. Um, yeah, it's a very like I can't oh god. It's very it's very niche art for for the turn of the 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 decade into the eighties uh-huh. where it's just this damsel in distress and the dude saving all the things. Um, and so, you know, looking at, um, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but this is the final, final issue in which Star-Lord made his appearance in this iteration, but we've got a lot to talk about when it comes to this character, and I didn't expect to write as much as I have (laughs) in my notes. Um, just before Jeff got here, I decided to kind of put on Guardians of the Galaxy, um, volume one to, to get my, my brain going and, I, you know, like I said before, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but I swear that is like one of the most solid movies in the MCU, hands I down. Agree. And also, it's like seven years ago, which is kind of 2014, crazy. 2014, yeah, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my It Still gosh. holds, too. And it still holds. It's yeah. so good. So, so you know, as, as I said, we're going to talk about Star-Lord. Interesting fun fact right at the top of this Star-Lord was not hyphenated, which is kind of funny, because it, it's hyphenated here on the cover. It's covered, though. It's covered. Well, here. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay,
0: okay, so okay, okay. It's, <laughs> but, but
2: in the actual issue, they regard him as Star-Lord as one word. So it's it's a weird discrepancy. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. All right. But, yeah, it's one of those little things where he was called the Star-Lord, Got it. And then it kind of changed into Star Lord, and okay. he was just that was just his name. Nice, um, but yeah. Uh, in, so his origin is is quite different in the books. Okay. Um, you know, like all the basics are there: Meredith Quill, mm-hmm. single mother, birth this baby, and um, you know what have you. But in in the books, um, like I mentioned, you know the the title was actually in black and white as far as the art goes, and so I'm going to give you a little sneak peek of this, Jeffrey. And so it's very black and white, very like, yeah, yeah, very dense as as far as we're talking about the text. Um, So I believe it's Steve Englehart himself was kind of like really big into astrology and, and all of that stuff. I see that. Which is, yeah, which is kind of where all the cosmic and planetary aspects of this character come from um and it's also there are oh, some nice. some curse words in the What's book
0: profanity.
2: <laughs> there's profanity <laughs> and for 1979 you're kind of like it's pretty bold. yeah it's pretty bold yeah you know and and so the the story in the book's is very much like okay you know It's a farm. It's remote. Uh, It's sunset on Sunday, February fourth, nineteen sixty-two. Okay. So place that versus, if you will, you know James Gunn's interpretation, where it starts out with you know the song bleeds in and it says Earth, like nineteen eighty-eight, and you're just like, okay. So immediately there are differences in decades, like the time frame is very different. So of course like the happenings of that moment are different you know it's treated a bit different so in the books this guy Jake mm-hmm. is this this other person in these panels with Meredith and baby Peter and so he basically goes on a rant like that kid doesn't look like doesn't look like me i know he's not mine and so basically he's a jerk okay he he says in in just a panel a page worth of panels like he didn't take her to the the hospital because mm-hmm. he didn't. He knew it wasn't going to be his baby. Yeah, and he wanted to kill it the minute it came out. Oh my God, it's brutal. And Jeez. so he goes out. He he's a, he grabs this hatchet, and he's about to kill the baby. And he has what we assume is a heart attack and dies. And the baby rolls off onto the ground and is just staring up at the stars. Very like.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Know, it's
2: so dark. That is really dark. It's super duper dark. And you know, the rest of the book goes about just showing Pete when he's young, and and you know how Meredith kind of suffered from that that from giving birth a bit because you know she wasn't treated in the hospital like she should have been, and and that then made Peter kind of like lanky and yeah. pale and what have you. So he always stood out. And so you know, um, it's it's interesting when you think about the James Gunn version, where he kind of comes across as like not necessarily a weak kid, but like a kid that would get picked on a little bit.
0: Sure. And yeah. he even
2: says that you know, like you know, he's got the black eye, and she's like, "Baby, you've been fighting again, or whatever." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does he say, Jeff? Oh, <laughs> Do you remember? Oh my God. <laughs>
1: It's been a while. At least for, the, for the intro scene, it's been. Oh I God. just watched I it know. and I can't
2: can't even quite pull it I together. So it's like, it's like kids kids were kids were beating up like the frog poking it with a stick or something. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. All I can
1: think about is just just her saying, "Take my hand, Peter." Yeah, I, I know. That's about. all you can
2: think about. I can't believe you. <laughs> oh, um, And so, you know, you kind of get right off the get go, like, okay, so that's, he's been very reliant and he has this connection with his mother. It's very much a mother, um, son bonding. Um, um, and so I wanted to read something via Wikipedia from Steve Englehart, um, about this, this book and this character, because we do kind of jump from one decade to many, to one much further away. Um, so what he said, uh, he basically reflects on the character because um, early on, you know, like speaking of these books, yeah. by the end of number 11, for instance, this little paragraph at the corner here, uh-huh. which bas- basically says a novel length science fiction spectacular in the tradition of Robert A. Heinlein, mm-hmm. I believe is how you say it, <laughs> who is basically an author of like choice science books in that era Oh, okay. They basically used his name without asking. Nice. And he put a stop to it. Of course. And that was the end of Star Lord. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so it was. Bas- they slapped with a uh, NDA. Cease and, Cease and desist. Yeah. There you go. And so uh, Steve said this about the character. As a result. I conceived something very large. My hero would go from being an unpleasant introverted jerk to the most cosmic being in the universe, and I would tie it into my then new interest in astrology. After his earthbound beginning, his mind would be open step by step with a fast action story on Mercury, a love story on Venus, a war story on Mars, and so on out to the edge of the solar system and then beyond. But after this earthbound beginning where I established him as an unpleasant introverted jerk, I left Marvel. So no one was ever to see what, no one ever saw what he was to become. Aww. So it's kind of like, I, when I first read that, I was like, you know, I kind of get that, those vibes in MCU, MCU. Quill In that first scene, in the first scene with Barit, you kind of get the idea that he's not exactly like a. A like a typical hero. Oh, no, of <laughs> he's course. He's not like the greatest guy in the world. Oh, yeah. And he's like very self-serving. I got that for sure, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, I just thought it was so crazy that that's the idea that Steve had in 1979, 1980, mm-hmm. and that really carried through even with other people touching the character and changing him yeah. in ways. Um, so unfortunately, like like many characters, um In the Marvel Universe, Star Lord kind of faded into obscurity over the years with a brief resurgence in 1982, where I believe they republished his debut issue, but in color. Okay. So that's cool. Nice. Um, But in all honesty, I believe it wasn't until 2004 that they actually brought him back.
0: Oh. So it was
2: like 25 solid years. That's a long time if you think about it, right? Wow. Um, yeah. So, so that said, I, you know, depending on where you're doing your research on this character or what you're looking up about him, some sites will will say that Marvel Preview number four is his first appearance, whereas more modern ones will refer to Thanos number eight, March two thousand four, because that's where we actually see more to this character. Which I have uh, a okay. screenshot for you. I wanted to show you. Ooh. And so, what I was hunting for this issue yesterday at Comic Con, I couldn't find it. Uh, so yeah, so I'm looking for that, just in case anybody wants to help <laughs> me out. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. So this is what he looked like, and I'll post this on social. Believe it or not, this guy with the quad bifocal yeah. thing, that is Peter Quill. Well, interesting. And this is his first appearance in that Thanos book. Yeah. And so it's, it's funny because in the Marvel previews, he's kind of more like mcu version if you will where he's kind of blondish reddish and whatnot but then when he comes back in 2004
1: <laughs> it's just this completely different completely looking different. person right yeah <laughs>
2: although i will say that this little thing reminds me of the guy at the the trade-in shop in guardians One. Oh. With the weird yeah, wisps yeah, 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 and the crazy yeah. brows. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe Gunn, and I wouldn't put it past James Gunn to do little Easter eggs like that. But so so essentially, what had happened to Peter over time is that he became, he got, you know, like cybernetics were implanted and he, oh. he lost his left eye. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so, um, that's kind of the state of him. And he's much more gruff. He's much more like focused and serious, right? Mm-hmm. But then, um, of course, as time goes on, he loosens up a bit. And then you see him in, uh, what is this? I believe 2007, um, where he gets a normal eye implant. He okay. looks normal. So he still has, technically still has a cybernetic oh, eye. okay, but um, it's just regular but, looking. Yeah, <laughs> and he's, this, is more, this is more of like a Peter Quill that we're familiar with. Um... So, going into the nitty gritty of of his origin, after you know this black and white edition, um, again he was raised by Meredith and and as well as her best friend Lisa Chang. Um, so, the rest is as you know. Like he loved space. He's into NASA. He yeah. likes music. Yeah. Um, he always hoped to become an astronaut. And then um, he wanted to. He had like this weird fascination with aliens. He wanted to like, oh, are aliens real? Oh, aliens are so cool, uh, right? Okay. Until he's 10 years old, or 11, I think he, he's yeah, 10, maybe 10 and a half, and aliens land at his home, Okay. and they're of the Badoon race, and they kill Meredith.
1: This is literally the game. This is the game,
2: <laughs> and so, yeah, so last last time we recorded, I, I lent Jeffrey my PS5 version of the new Guardians of the Galaxy game, which is basically what inspired me to do, like, to pick Star-Lord. Yeah. Um... Because I wanted, I desperately needed him to play it. <laughs> so I was just like, please play it. And which is basically what I do with with people and something that I love. I love bomb the people that I love with things that I'm loving. And so I'm just like, Jeffy, take the game and play it, please. And so so you've gotten to We're this part. Far. Yeah, you've gotten pretty far into the game. No spoiler there. But, but it, it, when you play the game, it starts out with Peter Quill as a young man. And so this is very similar in that you get to know Meredith Quill you get to know that she loves her son and they have a very close relationship mm-hmm. but unfortunately she is taken down by these aliens and um, and so you know his perception of aliens like changes immediately like yeah. that's kind of like like a kid that loves dogs until they get bitten by a dog sure. and they're like ah dogs are the worst yeah and so you know he 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 begins to kind of cultivate this hatred for aliens um, and so, you know, after Meredith's passing, he's essentially, he's an orphan. He becomes an orphan and he goes from home to home and, and he's never quite taken by a family, but Lisa Chang remains in, in his periphery. And this is, this was a more modern story introduced, oh, I want to say 2009 or 10. Okay, yeah. Um, cause he's, he's had several solo stories, yeah. so, you know, and over the years, but so these are more of the origin bits that they added like after the fact. But before the film. Um, And so... Yeah, so so Lisa's kind of like mentoring him because she works at NASA and she, she works at a NASA ops launch facility here in California, which is kind of wow. awesome. Yeah, which I presume is the the Vandenberg Space Force Base. Mm. Uh, they never say it, but you know, it's NASA. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so what happens is that Quill is like visiting her one day. God, I haven't even read this since like, like it came <laughs> out, but he basically, he's, he's, he's visiting the facility And he just hijacks a spacecraft and goes. And he's like, bye. And he leaves Earth. And then it isn't until much later, like I just mentioned, you know, around 2007, Mm -hmm. where the Annihilation Conquest arc takes place, which is where we see this version of Quill, where he's gotten the prosthetic eye and all that stuff. Um, And it's the more familiar version um, that we know. And that one in particular is... um, Introduced by uh, Keith Giffen and drawn by Timothy Green the second So yeah, and I don't know if any of these folks are familiar to you Um, This Guardians team, but can you can you figure any any out?
1: (laughs) I was gonna I was literally gonna say that. like, Oh, it looks like Gamora because green, but like oh no, I think that's mantis Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh,
2: yeah Crazy, right?
1: It looks like Captain America.
0: (laughs) I know. At first glance, it looks
2: like Captain America. But this is actually... um, Let's see. Oh, Shandar is not in here, actually. Um... Bug. This is Bug. That's a mask. It's a mask. But and then Mantis, which is kind of funny. There's two like insect people. Yeah. Um, This is Death Cry. Oh. This is Captain Universe. Oh, Okay. And obviously Rocket (laughs) Rocket Raccoon, which is funny because he looks like my kitty. I know. (laughs) (laughs) He looks more like a cat than he does a raccoon. And then of course Groot. Yeah. Groot Groot is like menacing. Yeah. He's monstrous. He's much more monstrous in a few ways in the comics. Um, But yeah. So this was the the first team. Of Guardians that this Peter oh, Quill nice. affiliated with. And so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the 101 on comic book Quill. And All
0: then, right. of course,
2: we have MCU, portrayed by Chris Pratt, or Chris Pratt. Chris depend- Pratt, yes. <laughs> Depending on who you ask, debuting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, directed by James Gunn, uh, which, and the, the film itself was written by James and Nicole Perlman. Do you mm-hmm. remember what what other movies Nicole Perlman worked on?
1: No, I don't. I remember like looking at the credits at some point, but I, I don't remember. Yeah,
2: she. So apparently, she was uh, a consultant on Thor, the first Thor, okay. and she was the story writer for Captain Marvel.
1: Ooh, oh yeah, interesting. I think I, I, I think right? That's the one I may have seen. Yeah, yeah.
2: cosmicky, Um And you know, I thought what was what was interesting about um, what you had said in our last episode, The Eternals, was that. We had never really seen a character, like, arc begin in a movie without that character, like, becoming realized by the end of it with Dane Whitman. Oh, yes. Like, you kind of get the setup. And I almost feel like it's, it's kind of interesting because, like, in a weird way, Guardians was like that because, like, we first met Thanos in Avengers. And then almost immediately, almost immediately, it was like, Guardians. Yes. Guardians, right? Guardians. (laughs) Which was kind of like, because I think that's more like Gamora. So it's kind of like Thanos in a weird way, like set up so much just by appearing in five seconds. Basically, yeah. I (laughs) mean, think about it. Yeah.
1: That was like the setup to be like the big bad. Right. And then Guardians comes out because then people know that, like, oh, Gamora is... No, the daughter, daughter of Thanos. Daughter, right? So yeah. it's like, okay, well, he has to right. play some sort of role. Right. And then, and then yeah, I think they just tied it in together because Thanos had a more prominent role in Guardians 1.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I remember about the movie, what James Gunn said. I think they gave him, I think, because he asked, like, it was like, oh, what do you like want to be in the movie like Guardians. Like they gave him mm-hmm. free reign, but they but but they had like I think one at least at least two requirements. Mm-hmm. I forgot what one of them is, but I know one of them is for sure that um like oh create create a, a backstory for the infinity stones.
2: Oh my god just like real yeah. easy like ah, you, no no, so, no big deal you do whatever you want just then create a backstory. That was like one of
1: the requirements and he was right. like oh cool yeah. I got it and then he did it god. and it was like this iconic like uh, yeah, scene yeah. of of uh, Benicio del Toro explaining like the, <laughs> the, the six crystals,
2: singularity, yeah, six, which is crazy, crystals. which, <laughs> <laughs> which is so cool, especially for James Gunn. And I wonder if it was, you know, and I, you know, forgive me for not looking into it or not, you know, uh, whether or not it's true that. Like, was he, was he pulled into this project because he was a comic book fan and loved Guardians? Or did that just happen to be, like, did they approach him and be like, hey, we'd like you to do these films. Also, do you know anything? And he was like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite thing. I
1: think so. (laughs) Because, like, I think, I think, I believe, I believe so. Because Mm. that's how we got Suicide Squad. Right. And then... And it was because of like, well, what, what, what property do you want to do? And it's Suicide Squad. Right.
2: And so I they, would assume
1: that's what yeah. he did with, with Feige. He was right. like, hey, like,
2: Who do, we kind of want you, do? you to
1: do a movie, but yeah. is there any characters that you would want to do? And he was like, that's crazy. Guardians of the Galaxy. I would assume crazy. that's how it went.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Well, well done, James, because <laughs> honestly, I, and I, I do have this kind of, it's so hard for me to choose my favorite. It's easy to say Guardians is my favorite, but I know that like right it's like point zero 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 nine difference between it and winter soldier uh, just because it's such a like captain is. america is no, totally, yeah. such a good because winter
1: soldier is one of my favorites too it's but so good when you rewatch Guardians gardens one yeah. you're like wow this is
2: <laughs> it's so solid like, they're both solid. for an origin
1: story that's that tells yeah the the story of Five characters.
2: Yeah, and then some. Yeah, and, and then
1: some. And you find, care about yeah. each character. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to do in an origin yeah. movie. But also for also a collection of characters that at the time, mm-hmm. no one really gave a shit about. Yeah. So, but then James Gunn, you know, yeah. credit to his writing and, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. like his emotions to characters.
2: Yeah, because I, I think I said this to you before, maybe off mic, but even my, you know, my oldest friend and I, when, when they first announced the property, we were both kind of like... Guardians? Yeah. Why are they doing Guardians? And then, you know, we put it together like, okay, well, Infinity War, but what? Because like, they were just so offbeat and so like not quite the Avengers in terms of like status and like yeah. quote unquote importance in, in the books. But well, depending on who you asked. Yeah. But it was just such a weird like choice, but it was also probably one of the best yeah, decisions yeah. they but had ever also, made. Also, was it like
1: the first kind of movie that introduced... The greater cosmic universe, right? Yeah. Because like, I I wouldn't really count Thor Mm -hmm. into that because you just kind of, you just know about whatever the nine realms and everything. Yeah. But then when you, when we, when we saw Guardians, we really got to see like, you know, more of the galaxy, you know, like going to nowhere, going to Nova and seeing all that stuff. Yeah. Kind of introducing that world. Right. Which now makes more sense because. Yeah. It just works.
2: And now you kind of like the minute that somebody even mentions nowhere. Like, you're like, oh, nowhere. I know yeah, nowhere. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. <laughs> which
2: is crazy. Um, I also wanted to quickly mention um, the young man who portrayed young Peter Quill in the films, um, Wyatt Olaf, uh, who was in both one and two. Um, and if you've seen the It films, he was he was the he, who was he? He was young. Oh, I don't remember which actor played him older um, but he's in those films, and he's great. Uh, he kind of has a flair for horror, as far as far as I can tell. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to shout out him. I met him once at a con, because I was getting my... <laughs> I used to have this um, phone case that was modeled after The Walkman. Nice. And it was the only thing I had with me at the time when I met James Gunn. So I got him to sign that. And then I was like... Let me just keep going. And so when I met Wyatt Olaf, I was working a show. Uh, and he was there, and I was like, oh, I'm here.
0: Might as well. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I went up, and I was like, can you sign my case? Which is kind of weird, because, like, asking, like, a tween, like, hey. Yeah. I liked you in Guardians. <laughs> so I have a phone case signed by Wyatt as well. Um, do you think you're ready for your first pop quiz?
1: I mean, I, I'm never ready for
2: anything. <laughs> but... Oh, uh, gosh. Ah! Uh, Okay. Oh, and I also wanted to point out a, a distinct difference between uh, young uh, Peter, basically. Um, so in the in the movies, it's very surrounded by Missouri and St. Louis and, and all that stuff. Yeah. But um, I believe that's like it, it's kind of like a direct derivative of James himself because he's from St. Louis. Uh, okay. um, and I believe Peter in the books is actually he was born and raised in Colorado.
1: Ah, okay. So
2: let's just talk about, let's just make that note real quick before we get into our pop quiz. (laughs) So this one's going to (laughs) be, this one's fun. All right.
0: All right. And you you
2: didn't see this part of the movie, so you're not going to get to have that for mental reference for today. But pop quiz. So volume one, MCU, this is an MCU question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we're first introduced to Peter Jason Quill
0: Uh
2: during the Nova Corps, like interrogation, if you will, the lineup. Yeah. What of the following is not featured on his criminal record? Oh,
1: I know. I knew we were gonna <laughs> ask about that d- little lower third detail. It's so good. Because oh my like gosh. you have to
2: admit, one of the favorite things, especially in Guardians One, is and speaking of the different territories, is that when you see the maps and then you see the graphics that they like utilize with like the yeah. the codes and stuff, yeah, and they all mean something. They all translate into something. Exactly. So you, you can't help but look at these little details on each Guardian's screen. And so I'm... Crap. Because it's Peter, we're going to talk about Peter. Okay. So, which of the following is not on his criminal record? Okay. One count of assault, two counts of public intoxication, one count of fraud, four counts of grand theft extraterrestrial spacecraft, or one count of illegal manipulation of Gramosian Duchess.
1: Cromosian Duchess? <laughs> I feel like that would be on there, but I could also be easily something that you make up.
2: <laughs> I'm a monster. Oh <laughs>
1: uh, Gosh. Yeah. Five choices. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> One count of assault. Yep. Two counts of fraud?
2: Public intoxication. Oh, that's
1: true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I okay. think, I feel like that's, um,
2: Fraud, Grand Theft, which is basically Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Or illegal, illegal manipulation of gramosian Duchess.
1: I feel like it's, I feel like it's assault and that's like the least, like, <laughs> I don't feel like he would like, assault anybody. Yeah. See, now overthinking Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with assault.
2: You're gonna go with the assault? I'm just gonna go with the assault. <clears throat> all right. Sadly, my friend. Incorrect! Oh, God! (laughs) Peter Quill is, is guilty of one count of assault, two counts of public intoxication, one count fraud, one count illegal manipulation of Gramosian Duchess. He is not, he is not guilty of four counts of Grand Theft Extraterrestrial Spacecraft. I put that in there. See?
1: See what I mean?
2: So, but that's also crazy. How is Peter Quill not, like, guilty of stealing spacecrafts? Exactly. He's
1: a ravager.
2: He's a ravager. So, can you blame me? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh, well done, well done, because I, too, would have blamed me for the Grimosian Duchess. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and on the heels of the Grimosian Duchess, because I needed to, like, val- validate that I did not make this up, um, Grimosians hail from the planet Gramos, or Gramos, I'm not sure how okay. to pronounce it. The planet itself was was essentially, uh, it was debilitating, like, a loss of energy. Okay. And so um, its lead, I-, I believe his name is Mercurius, was sent to seize Mjolnir, believing that the, the energy harnessed in the hammer would re-like re-energize the planet. Uh, So that is so... Which is funny because I'm like, oh, there are all these little like nuggets now. Like, oh, so Thor, that's a Thor thing. Could that be something that they mention in Love and Thunder? Like, I... Never know. Who knows? But I was just like, okay. Now I know about the Grimosians. (laughs) So there's the Grimosians for you. So, yeah. So first on our docket, we're going to talk about family. Because, you know, in the MCU... Like as we see in the second film, I remember when it started to really unfurl. I was like, like the teasers. Yeah. I was like, and they showed Kurt Russell being like, "I'm your father, Quill." Like whatever. I, I, I was, was like, oh. what? <laughs> They're
1: just dropping it. Right? All right, <laughs> they, just, cool. they
2: just dropped it, and they dropped his name. You know, but but first and foremost, let's talk about Mama. So Meredith Quill. It's it's kind of like what I said earlier. You know, a young mother met and fell in love with an alien. And that's very much what she says in the film. She seems very like she romanticized it. God knows if it was like that or not. Um, And there, you know, then that's something that's directly. um, Emphasized in both the comic books and the films is that she was just like this sweet little, you know, yeah. young woman who f- who just happened upon this man. They fell in love, and he, you know, she con- They conceived a child, and she was unfortunately raised to, to uh, left to raise him by herself.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, like I mentioned, she unfortunately suffers a demise at the hands of the Badoon. Um, And you know, and he just basically wanted to get revenge on them. Um, and so, of course, in the MCU, she's portrayed by Lara, uh, Laura Haddock mm-hmm. in both versions, uh, <laughs> versions volumes one and two. Um, when we first meet her, she's she's on the deathbed, like you just said, yeah. And it's like ah, it's like the most painful scene, and know, it's just also she's just so good in in what little she is in these films, yeah. That you can't help but be, like, enamored with her, at least from my perspective. You're just like, oh, my gosh. And especially in Volume 2, when you get to see her at her peak, and she's thriving, and she's, like, you know, and ego's all over her, and yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, her little river lily. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, the difference there is that she's on the deathbed because of a cancerous tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all ha- we all know how that unfurls. Um,
1: That's totally different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: And... Uh, so, I know this seems very quick. Are you ready for the next pop quiz? Oh my
1: gosh. I wonder, before we move, on, I wonder if James, like, thought about putting, like, her actual, like...
2: Oh, the actual origin?
1: A, a origin of, like, yeah, like, where aliens come in. Yeah. And, like, come down, like, how it is in the game.
2: Yeah, right? Like,
1: I wonder if, like, he ever thought about doing it like that. But maybe there's mm-hmm. a reason he, he switched it, just because it's probably more... Yeah. ...emotional. There's more of an emotional connect. Right. To it, because therefore because at the heart of Peter Quill mm-hmm. it's his mom. Yeah. Like his char- like his character is solely based off like his love and relationship with his mom. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you just kind of and you need to like this establish that rather quickly and mm-hmm. like especially in that first Guardians. Yeah. So that's why it's like well like it, let's say he you you did just like start off, guard, volume one with just like.
0: Yeah, she just like dies. just straight up an yeah. ambush, a barrage, yeah.
1: and you just yeah. kill. You know, yeah. You, there's not, there's not much, there's not much um, like value, well, not value, but there's not much like the payoff. I guess payoff. There's not much story that can like. Yeah. There's not enough story for the audience to be like. Ah, how am I supposed to like connect with him if like like oh like alien an alien race came down and just murdered Peter Quill's mom. Right. Where can I can I where can I emotionally connect with that? But then like, oh, she's dying from a cancer Mm. and then he's he's at her bedside, but it's hard for him to, you know, Mm -hmm. da da da. It was just like, okay, yeah. That can resonate more with audiences. Yeah. And then him getting a gift from her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the
2: sentimentality is yeah. implanted very so quickly.
1: That's probably maybe yeah. why it's just an easier way to connect emotionally. <laughs>
2: and also, of course, looking down at the the journey and the characters that do intersect as a result. Because like, if if they had done it the other way, that like, and you'll hear this like very shortly. That takes that introduces a very different suite of characters too. So by taking the approach that Gunn had, you know, with with making ego his father. Um, and, and having her go out the way she did and, and because of ego and all the, all of that, that takes that, it takes Peter Quill and all of his affiliated characters down a different path mm-hmm. that then introduces the Celestials, introduces like yeah. Nowhere and the Deviants and the Eternals in some yeah. weird way. I mean, technically, yeah. Right? And the entire like Infinity War, <laughs> everything about that, that storyline kind of is... Uh, is directly related if not as a to, result to that to, because origin, of this yeah. origin um, so yeah that's it's kind of nuts yeah. um but yeah so it's, i i do I do love what they did and as much as I love. As much as I understand and get how cool, not cool, but how interesting it is to have had her go down that way and like, you know, the Badoon took care of her. And then he's like, I'm going to kill all the Badoon. And that's how he becomes like, you know. It's
1: a totally different story. It's a totally
2: different story. And like you said, you're right. Like, you know, at the heart of Peter Quill, he's he's his mom. Like, like, it's all about his mom. Um, So, yeah. So I totally get that. And I, I like that for him, for this character. But uh but yeah so speaking of Laura Haddock um the internal MCU crossover list it's starting to kind of like build up with with more people you know coming back from a different role that mm-hmm. they once had like Michelle Yeoh and and Gemma Chan do you remember where Laura Haddock was also featured in an MCU film Oh
1: my god I <sighs> <laughs> Oh, my but God. you
2: know that she was, which yeah, I think, says I a think lot. I, re- I
1: think I read something about this.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: Oh, can you give me a hint? Uh,
2: uh, no, there's no hint for this ah, one. <laughs> it's, let's just say, see if I just say. I know.
1: If you say, even if you said the m- movie, I'd probably get it, right?
2: How about this? Phase one.
1: Oh, crap. I'm doing horrible with these top places.
2: In this movie. <laughs> Laura. Or are they getting harder?
1: <laughs> are we getting, Yeah i getting harder
2: <laughs> I should have stuck uh, to how many Armors there are
1: Oh <laughs> Name like, no.
2: all the Stark tech <laughs> in existence And Jeffrey's <laughs> gonna be like yeah Mark one Laura, let's go
1: because uh, yeah, oh. I I I'm trying to remember her face Or I do remember her face And yeah. then trying to
2: To place her in another film yeah. is, is tough It's a little tough
1: Phase one Phase one consists of Iron Man, Cap, Thor um cheese Benji Oh my gosh I feel like I know cuz I am going to be like I don't know and you're going to tell me and I'm going to be like Yeah I knew that uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um okay
2: Goody do you it know is... the answer <sighs> Goody help help Jeffrey <laughs> That's right Wow <laughs> You got it Can you Dang get it? it
1: No that's not it
2: uh, yeah, he doesn't know the answer. I
1: don't know. Ah!
2: Well, Jeff, like Groot said, Laura what? Haddock's other MCU appearance was in Captain America First Avenger. <laughs> Do you remember the montage where he's doing the touring and it's all like the Cap wants you tour and he's Crap! like... <laughs> she's one of the girls the that girls comes that up did. and goes... Can I have your autograph? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's Laura Haddock. <laughs> it's, it's literally three seconds. If even then. But course. she's But once you see her face, you're like, that's Meredith Quill. And it has been clarified. It's not actually Meredith Quill. It's just, just the same actress. Yeah, because yeah, the timeline that would wouldn't, wouldn't line up. The, <sighs> the more you know. I know. <laughs>
0: Jesus,
2: man. <laughs> I know, buddy. Oh, Grootie. Yeah. Um, So we're gonna talk about Papa now.
1: Oof!
2: This is this is where it gets a little weird. Uh, I
1: mean, I mean, in Volume Two, it got really weird. It so got yeah, so weird.
2: Um, <laughs> before we talk about Ego, we're gonna talk about comic book Papa because it's not the same. Oh, not oh, the wow. same at all. all which right. is br- what brings me back to my earlier statement that my friend and I were like, what? <laughs> Looking at the trailer, I was like, wait, is this a ruse? Like Ego. Because ego in the comics is a literal planet, planet.
0: yeah.
2: Um, and so in the comics, uh, Pete's Pete's father, mm-hmm. Peter Jason Quill's father, is actually a man named I know Jason of Spartax. Nice. So it's got the apostrophe. So yeah. Jason. So it's Jason of Spartax, um, who at the time of um, Pete's uh, conception was emperor of the planet. Mm. So he's. We're not going to get too deep into him. He's basically royalty. He's royalty. He's royal royal blood. and um they're kind of like Zendarians where they look humanoid. They look oh. like humans. They're mixed match.' You know, yeah. there are some, you know, people who who've come from other planets and whatnot. but um yeah. and and uh, so the Badoon, it, it in the books it's uncovered that the Badoon were sent um to Earth to off Meredith because of Jason or Jason directly because, the whole thing is that there's a clash between Spartax and Badoon. Oh, okay. So the Spartoi, they, I think they say Spartoy in the game. I always thought of it.
1: Spartoi.
2: That's like the name of the race, right? Okay. I always read it as Spartois, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's Spartoi. Um, so it, that's basically like their war. It's always Spartoy versus Badoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Jason was like the sole heir to the Spartax throne. And um, he was summoned into war during that time. So during during the battle, or like while he was going into battle, or just after, I can't remember the timeline. I know Jason. Um, his ship crashes onto Earth, and that's okay. when he meets Meredith, uh, and that's when everything goes down. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then um, and so he they they started this brief relationship before he eventually took off again and went back to, back home and to finish the battle. Um, so so that said now we'll talk about ego <laughs> and like i mentioned it's very interesting because he's supposed to be a planet and it's very crazy because they they actually you know gun magnificently paid homage like he would as a true fan to the planet yeah yeah which you see in the, the like last arc of the film or second yeah, to like last the arc in the, film, yeah. the third act and uh yeah it's that scene where or you know uh craglin and i believe yondu and rocket are on the ship and they're going in and it's got a face on it. I was like, oh my God. They
0: did it. (laughs) Yeah. And that,
2: that for me, like completely justified it. I was like, okay, I'm okay with it now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. Um, So in the books, you know, ego is known as egros, later ego prime. And, he was a scientist on this on this planet, the home planet. They never actually mentioned the planet name; oh, okay. it's just a planet. And so of of the star, and so he was a scientist. And um, the planet itself was on the brink of destruction when this um, being named um, the Stranger came uh, to visit, and, and he did experiments on the planet. And so what basically happened is like he triggered the planet's internal workings to like, base pretty much go nova. And so it's suns and the twin planets that were orbiting the, the ego planet, Ego's planet. Um, you know, they all, they basically went to chaos mode. They're like, what do we do? Our planet's going to end. And so people tried to take off and then others hunkered down and there was like this bunker system near the core of the planet. Uh So they all kind of gathered in there and Ego was like one of these people trying to take care of everybody and you know, whatever. And so unfortunately the planet went Nova ahead of time like before it's it's intended day or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. and it exploded it was like pretty much imploded but Stranger like uh, made it so that he merged Egros with every living thing on the planet oh my gosh and basically made him
1: the planet the
2: planet
0: okay Okay. (laughs) so
2: yeah so it's like they became one they became a a Ego, single the thing. living planet, and so now he's Ego, the living planet. Nice. And then later on, he becomes Ego Prime, which is basically like, strangely enough, very similar to what we do see in the film when Peter, after Peter, has his realization that he needs to not be bonded with Ego, or else. Yeah, yeah. and he starts shooting him up. That's that's what Ego Prime looks like. Oh, And he's Jesus. like, and his like, basically his. If his uh, his body starts to kind of, like, come back together. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's, like, it's raw form. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, Eagle Prime.
1: Oh, man. I
2: know. It's crazy. I was like, dude, James Gunn and these <laughs> Easter eggs are so good. Ah, they're so yeah. good. And they, they're they never forced. They, they fit so organically in the film that you wouldn't even think like, oh, that's obviously pulled from the comic book. Yeah, like no. Yeah, like it's
1: a totally different thing. It
2: just seems so different, but yeah. it's, it's very much. But it much, makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect yeah. sense. Um, so of course, Ego in in Guardians volume two is portrayed by Kurt Russell. Um, yeah, and it's like everything we've said so far. You know, he's this half celestial he's a Celestial.
1: I'm gonna say, yeah, he's which, a Celestial. Which
2: is like, now resonates a lot different. Before it was kind of like, oh, he's a celestial, interesting. Yeah. Nowhere is a celestial head. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. And then now with the arrival of the Eternals and seeing the other Celestials, it bears a whole other meaning. Yeah, you're like, oh <laughs> wow, he
1: was yeah. he was powerful then.
2: Yeah, like, he was. They, did, so. did,
1: did, 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 was there an Easter egg in Eternals about about ego about ego?
2: Um, I don't know. You know, for me, something
1: about like a. Like, oh, we gave... I don't know. I don't know if it was just me or I was just like... <laughs> like, Mandela what? affecting myself. Oh. Where it was, I was able to say, like, oh, I gave... Like, when, 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 when erishan was talking about, like, the history of mm-hmm. Eternals and yeah. stuff. Or Celestials, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then they said something about, like... Something about a guy on a planet, like giving a person, giving a Mm. giving a celestial, like their own planet type of thing. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It could just be me, like (laughs) manifesting myself.
2: I mean, but he does say that you know, you know, of course, if you spoiler alert, if you haven't listened or um, watched Eternals, we covered them in our previous episode. um, They, he says that he has that speech about when he's, you know, talking to Cersei. Seriously, about <laughs> the Celestials and how each one has its host planet. Yeah, I think that's what you're talking about. Yes, and because but this because the seeds, the celestial seeds, if you will, we're kind of. Familiar in a weird way, like they seem yeah. like the ego thing with the plants. That's plant. what ego did, right? He,
1: so he, he I, maybe, maybe that was like the the homage I was I was yeah. thinking of is like, oh, we go to these planets and mm. we, we plant, you know, seeds.
2: Seeds, yeah. Yeah. So for ego, you know, in Guardians two, his version is kind of it correlates to the comic book in that the Gramo- the Gramo, Gramos, Gramos. So <laughs> it's like your name. Yeah. <laughs> you have your own planet, yeah. G. <laughs>
0: G. Ramos. Sick. Sick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like Planet Gramos in that, like, the energy, he was harvesting this energy to, like, power the planet. Yeah. So I was like, now I'm, I'm having this epiphany as we're talking, of course. Like, I wonder if that was kind of part of, like, maybe James Gunn really likes that arc. And he was like, let me feed that in. But also, like, kind of hint at the Celestials thing and how they're they're kind of like flowers and seeds. And they're exactly. planting all over the so, galaxy, I mean, yeah. which is kind of neat. Um, but yeah, you know, I, as far as we, we know, I mean, we only saw so much of his power, but he explains it. Um, when he's unveiling his grand, um, plan to, mm-hmm. to Peter, Peter and, and, that like he created planets, he created humankind and, and our, you know, aliens and species across the universe, across the galaxy. Um, so yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he's kind of like Erishim himself or itself, you know, it, it created planets and it created Celeste, I mean, the <laughs> They're just all creators. They and essentially
1: created the universe. Yeah. yeah. So they're
2: kinda Yeah, exactly. Like, so I was like, okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, to to then know that he was taken down, ultimately taken down by a half celestial who was his son. son. Just nutty. And also, like, God, he could have been so, so, so powerful, right? Like, what is what is the potential that Peter Quill could have had? Aside creating giant (laughs) Pac-Men manifestations. Um, uh, And then we have a listener comment from Patreon patron Laura C um, who says, hypothetically, Peter could have a kid somewhere in the galaxy. They would be one-fourth celestial and not know it. Would they have lost their power when ego exploded? I get mad when I think about Peter losing his awesome powers. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, because essentially they, they say it in the moment. You know, it's like, he Ego says it to Peter. He's like, oh, if you kill me, then, you, you know, you won't be celestial anymore. You
1: won't, yeah.
2: Like, so it's like, okay, so there are two batteries that are basically charging each other.
0: Uh-huh, basically. <laughs>
2: so if Peter were to have fathered a child in the galaxy somewhere, and that child was one-fourth celestial. celestial, would they still be a celestial?
1: That's interesting, <laughs> right? because like, yeah, because technically, right? He doesn't. Yeah. he doesn't ha- carry those godlike he powers no, anymore. No, no, not anymore, right? No. So he's just a regular dude. He's just a
2: regular dude doing regular things, or so we I mean, we think. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll see. I mean,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely worthwhile thought, but but also you know you kind of think of it like a motherboard, like a circuit board. If you remove one thing, hi. Oh, you're so talky today. You want to be on the show? <laughs> All right. um, yeah, if you remove one battery, the whole thing goes defunct. It's like old Christmas lights. Yeah, if one bulb goes bad, the rest it doesn't work.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so yeah, I mean by that by that thought, if you think okay, well, ego is out of commission, Pete is too. That means any any of their offspring are yeah. put as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you think?
1: I would by the by the by the laws of you know life <laughs> yeah. I would assume so yes yeah
2: yeah. so there you go Laura I don't know we'll <laughs> see Um, tell us your thoughts if you have any other expanded ideas um on, on yeah is Peter Quill still even part celestial is he powered at all and could that carry on um, I, I mean
1: yeah I guess we'll see in, yeah, the, right? in these next movies yeah. like, that think- he's gonna be in because he's gonna be in
2: in three. In yeah, he's gonna be a Thor, and then the holiday
1: special, the holiday
2: special, and Guardians of. The- oh yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and who's to say? Like they maybe there's another end credit scene for another film. We don't know. Jeez. Like they could be. Like who knows? Oh my gosh. Um. But speaking of offspring and siblings and such, did you know Peter Quill has a half sister? <laughs> he just went wide eyed. <laughs> I didn't know. That. Yeah. Um. Did you know Peter Parker has a half sister?
1: That I definitely know. <laughs> yeah.
2: We don't talk about her too much, but yeah, <laughs> she's she's around. Um, but Peter Peter Quill has a, uh, a half sister in the books um, by the name of Victoria of Spartax.
1: Spartax.
2: So okay. she's the sitting empress of the planet now because Peter Quill is very ill informed and not capable. Um, so here she is she's gorgeous
1: oh half sister okay yeah
2: so Jason or Jason she's basically born out of wedlock and what have you but she's still an heir to the throne so because Peter Quill doesn't want to do it (laughs) nice (laughs) he's too busy being Star-Lord but um, you know there was a time in the books where um, he did sit as king for a bit and uh, yeah it's an interesting storyline If anybody is interested, Um, just wanted to look up Peter Parker's sister real quick for for Jeff here. Um, Her name is Teresa Parker, which is also you know it's a name that goes through the lineage a bit. Um, So yeah, that's his sister. Nice. So I mean I don't I truly don't think they'll ever introduce her um, in the main timeline at least. Um, But you know who knows about multiverse? Multiverse is really opening up some portals, you know. Um, so we'll see and she's actually of Earth 616 so it's not not like she's a cross universe character you know but who knows we might see her one day Um, but yeah so Victoria was basically she's the seated empress and yeah she's she's awesome she kind of looks like a Valkyrie if you will and Mm -hmm. she's got the armor and she's pretty dope she's like 8 feet tall I'm, I'm being, I'm exaggerating, but she's like very statuesque, you know? And so you look at Peter, Peter Quill and then you look at her and you're just like, Oh, he related. Uh, (laughs) It's one of those scenarios. Whereas, you know, in the MCU, as far as we know, the only surviving family that Pete has is his grandpa who's in volume two for a brief, brief second. Do you Um, remember where?
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Was that at the beginning? Nope. No. Nope.
2: He's in the beginning of volume 1, but he's he in is. volume 2 as well. I want to say act 3 if if that's the proper proper terminology. Oh my
1: gosh. How am I forgetting like <laughs> how the movies laid out? All
2: your guardians knowledge, bro? Bro, what is your guardians <laughs> knowledge? Oh, should I just talk to you like Cosmo? <laughs> <laughs> just talk to you oh. like Cosmo. Yeah. Oh, do you not remember <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy? The Galaxy factoids as Groot rubs up on the microphone. Brut. Was it in a flashback? To. No, it was act. He was actively in the film.
1: Dude, I am tripping. Hard. I mean,
2: again, it's a brief, brief cameo. So when the when when he goes, uh, you know, when the the he's taking over Earth. Oh
1: yeah. He's in the car. Yeah. That
2: narrowly narrowly escapes misses it. it. Yeah.
1: That's oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Jesus.
2: Yep. Well? yep. So that's, as far as we know, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's the only surviving family member he has. And uh, yeah, during the expansion, that's what it's called. Um, And and I think Gunn even confirmed that, like, we're not, he, like, Pete doesn't, have any intention to go back to Earth. Yes. I he you just has none. In, a, in a
1: Twitter thread, yeah. Yeah,
2: even though he's, like, clearly there during Endgame. Endgame,
1: but, but he he wants nothing, nothing to do with Earth.
2: Nothing. Yeah. It's just so crazy. So, from that, we're gonna hop skip to Friends and Alliances. I, I mapped out the characters that we're gonna talk about as such because I wanted to directly correlate it in some way. And so, um, you know, from jumping from his family to his friends... It's almost one and the same because that's like the theme of the Guardians, right? Yeah. Friends, our family, and whatnot. And so, of course, like how who are we to not talk about Yondu and the Ravagers? <laughs> um, mm. I didn't want to get too deep into them because, I again, it's one of those instances where it's like we have full potential to talk about Yondu and yeah. their, their Ravagers on their own. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, but you know, of course, in the MCU portrayed by Michael Rooker, who is crazy banana pants. <laughs> He's so cool. He's like, cool. But he's genuinely crazy banana pants. How, oh, um, yeah. I, 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 I agree. He's great. Um, and of course, Sean Gunn as Kraglin. Um, speaking of Groot, who I adopted Groot from. Or not Groot, but Rocket. Nice. Um, That's okay. You're Yeah, you're adopted from Sean Gunn, too. Um, and of course, he plays Kraglin in all the films that we've seen so far. Um, so the, the, the thing that we will touch on for this episode, at least, is that... The origin story of Peter Quill, Qu- Peter Quill's path intersecting with theirs is a, is a bit different. Um, you know, of course, like in, in the film, it's very straightforward. In the first five minutes of the film, they enter the scene. Peter's mother just died. He gets abducted in the middle of a field, <laughs> which is very similar to the what if version with T'Challa, yeah. <laughs> who is just, you know, hunting or whatever he's doing. And then he gets abducted in the middle of a field as well. But in the books, it's a bit different. It's kind of like, you know, you know calling back to how, uh, when Peter essentially <laughs> steals the, the ship, the spaceship and goes to space, uh-huh. he is a kid. Let's, let's face it. He's a kid. He doesn't know how to fly a spaceship. So he gets out there and then he gets stranded. (laughs) So basically on doing the Ravagers come along. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we got ourselves a spaceship. (laughs) And then they take the spaceship and it's got the kid in it. And then one of the jokes in the books, I think, I think it's in the books. He even says he's like, "Oh, we should kill him." And then someone else is like, "No, he's small enough; he can fit into all the places we can't get into," which is in the movie. Exactly, It's exactly because yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. he could fit into places and yeah. steal stuff. So, so that's kind of how they come together uh, in the books, which I think is very hilarious and, and yeah, it makes sense. It's like well, this kid just took a spaceship. There's no way. And yeah, so he's saved by the by the Ravagers and Yondu, um, who who does have a very you know like almost paternal. Um, relationship with him in the books, like not quite like in the movie,
0: Okay. because I
2: feel like in the movie it's amplified and with reason, like it's, it's totally substantial substantiated like that way. But I think it's, it's not as, it's not quite as much, but, um,
1: yeah. It's he may cool. be your father, boy, but he ain't your daddy. But he ain't
2: your daddy. That's <laughs> <laughs> so
0: good.
1: Which is so poetic and profound. It's so
0: good. It's
1: like, yeah. Oh,
2: my God. Uh, I know. I was going to watch it today, and I was like, do I like pain? How much do I like pain? Do I want to watch that today? I don't know. Is he cool?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's cool. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all.
2: <laughs> Which was going to be one of our original... <laughs> Like ending, what was it gonna? It was kind of gonna be our ending, our sound, our for, sign off for oh, the trailer. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It was, so it's a merry podcast, merry y'all. Podcast, it was gonna y'all. be a merry yeah. podcast, y'all. Ah, <laughs> uh, so good. Um, and of course, you know, beyond the Ravagers and Yondu, the Guardians of the Galaxy, bruh. So uh, good. So yeah, so
1: good. The
2: the team as it stands now in in the films is Rocket Groot. Is he looking at me? No, he's looking at the screen, though. Rocket, Groot, Drax, Gamora, Mantis, and Nebula, aside Peter Quill. Um, And then currently, currently in the books, as as recent as, I want to say, last month, um, the current lineup is Rocket, Groot, Drax, Gamora, and Mantis, as well as Moondragon, who, fun fact for you, is Drax's daughter. So, Uh and I'd love to talk about Drax eventually, because he, I mean you kind of get where Dave Batista is coming from in terms of his kind of like a feeling that he could have been more in the MCU. Sure. And he feels like he's lost that opportunity because it's been X amount of films and he hasn't gotten to dive that deep into Camara and all that. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and Camara, 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 Camara. Yeah. And, um, and Ovette, but in the books, his Earth name, he was an Earthling named Arthur Douglas. Mm. And his daughter, um, now I'm, whose name is escaping me now, <laughs> um, she was uh, abducted and found by Thanos's father mentor. Fa- father, his father mentor oh, Okay. abducted Heather, Heather, Heather Douglas. Abducted Heather and then raised and cultivated her to become... Like an extraterrestrial being Interesting. named Moon Dragon.
0: Oh, okay. So
2: she like manifested like telepathy and all these powers because of like alien technology and mm-hmm. breeding—not breeding, but you know, yeah. <laughs> breeding of a different sort. Yeah. Um. So she's actually actively on the team right now. So they always uh, have these conversations okay. where she's like, "Father, father." Whereas Drax was like kind of like reborn, if you will. Okay. So, but they know each other, so it's kind of cool. Um, and she's, I think she's a wife or she has a girlfriend, something like that, but they're great too. Um, and then Nova, of course, who's Richard Ryder, who comes in and out of the Guardians books since the dawning of the ages. Yeah. He's very important in the, the fact that we haven't yet seen him.
1: I wonder if we will. Shocking.
2: Yeah. I wonder if we will. He might, he might be the next iteration of the Guardians. Cause James did mention this is volume three. That's the last time we're going to see this lineup.
1: Of Guardians of the Galaxy. Of
2: that version of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I don't think he's going to come back for Volume 4 onward. I think there will be a Volume 4 onward. I just think it's not going to be... It it might have like... I
1: mean, yeah, when James says he's done with a character yeah. he's done with I'm just like character. facepalming
2: I'm like no like he's made it very yeah.
1: adamant and clear, very
2: about, clear about never
1: bringing back Yondu because yeah. why yeah. would I do
2: that yeah so exactly
1: if James says you're probably you know, after volume 3 you're never gonna see these characters on screen again yeah. you probably will never,
2: never see them see probably not <laughs> yeah so so you know, like, yeah, Nova can take it home or bring it back, whatever you want to say, and he might be the next leader of the next team. Um, And then, of course, Quasar. um, There there are many versions of Quasar, like, different versions of all these characters, you know, like Captain Marvel, for instance. Mm -hmm. There's different iterations. And so the Guardians has both Avril Kincaid and Wendell Vaughn. Um, Super Scroll. (laughs) Funny enough, Super Scroll is on there. And then of all characters Doctor Doom. <laughs> oh my god. There's a whole thing with Doctor Doom. Wow. <laughs> he even like switched bodies with Rocket at one point. It was really weird. Interesting. It's very strange, but it's fun. It's very fun. So that's the current lineup um, in the book. So, like again, like they have so much potential to kind of grow in grow different characters in different films. Doesn't necessarily need to be Guardians of the Galaxy, it can yeah. be something else. But gosh, like we don't know. Like, given, you know, again, spoiler alert. But given Eros' appearance in Eternals, who is yeah, also in this uh, among the, this character tree,
1: <laughs> I said I don't know where they're going with these. <laughs> where are
2: they going? It's crazy. It's such a big, bright galaxy now. And it's like, like we're oh getting my God. to we're
1: getting to a part two of like the Marvel u- cinematic universe of yeah.
2: like
1: these characters that were introduced to us: Phase yep. One, Phase Two, Phase Three. Yep. Their stories—they have to come to an end. Yeah, you know, yep. like Iron Man's story came to an end. Captain America, Steve Rogers' story came to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor's is about to. Yeah, I, I would assume. God,
2: can you imagine? Like every, like again, and then we said this in another episode. Like every, a lot of people that were featured in Phase One and Two are coming to that ten year mark.
1: Yeah, when or their endpoint definitely gone. <laughs> Who? Widow. Widow. Oh, yeah. Widow. Sure. And
2: I forget. Yeah. I forget she's gone. I'm like, oh, my God, she's dead. She's
1: gone. Yeah. Hawkeye is probably on the verge of retirement after the show. For sure. Yeah. You know, retirement
2: and not death.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, who, Please. who knows?
2: Please. Don't um, kill him. He's
1: <laughs> passing on the mantle to Kate. Yeah. And then you have the Guardians who are, like, on the, on the cusp of, like, yeah. end of phase one.
0: Kind
2: mm-hmm.
1: of start of phase two. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: because like, where do you even go? Like Gamora, like, and and like you just said, with James saying like Yondu's never coming back, I think that stands absolutely true for Gamora. Original Gamora, she's gone. She's, she's done. Oh, she's definitely so dead. fourteen. Twenty so, so fourteen Gamora. Twenty fourteen Gamora. See. Might have some some storyline there. What they do with her, I really don't know. I really am just like, I gotta say goodbye to that ship because I think it has sailed. Yeah, I think it is gone, and I, I think mean, she's going somewhere. I, I, I think they'll meet again, but I don't think it's gonna be.
1: It's not the same. It's no, not they're the not same. Gonna have that relationship, no. And I feel like that's what Volume Three is kind of yeah. gonna be part. Oh. It's, it's just it's just
2: <laughs> it's just Quill <laughs>
1: trying to be like, hey, like, uh, yeah. it's me, and she's yeah, like, 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 no, no, no. I don't. Want
2: to. Yeah, I have a I have a weird theory that she might along the way like meet Adam Warlock, and because they're a huge oh,
1: forget Warlock's party.
2: <laughs> Adam yeah. Warlock's coming in, okay. and yeah, and. Uh, that she might meet Warlock or maybe they do introduce Richard Rider because both of them are both love interests for her in the comics. So, oh, that too? And then Quill's like, yeah, and Quill's hey, like, Yo, yo me. And she's like, I don't know you. I don't know you, sorry. Ah! I'm
1: in love with... Yeah,
2: and so that could end that could end both of their storylines. So I think
1: we find out Rocket's backstory. That's what he said. Yep. Um, I
2: don't
0: know because the they do.
2: Because yeah. speaking of their, their lineup... In with the Nova Corps on rockets, they, it says like what is it affiliates or associates? Yeah. It says, dra- it says <laughs> Drax, Groot, and Leela. Lila, Lila, so Lila. She-
1: Lila. Lila.
2: Lila. Yeah. Lila, Lila. See, there's so many. There's Leela Barton, Lila Shaney, uh, and now Lila, 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 Lila. <laughs> Lila, the
1: you beat the game, <laughs>
0: guy. <laughs>
2: Yes. Sorry, Groot. Um, And so the otter, the adorable otter, beaver, otter, otter. Um, Otter. So she's already in the verse as well. So So that's definitely happening. And then
1: we'll see about like how Drax. Yeah his story and everything.
2: Yeah, so. because, I mean, from Dave Batista's like, it yeah. seems like he's already, he's probably filmed and done already, like, for all we know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, he just seems like he's very dissatisfied with his ending or what seems to be his ending. So, I don't know. Maybe it we'll changes. It could change. Maybe he could get a series. We don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, I think he could get a but series. But he's
1: also, I told, I told you that, like, yo, he's in his mid-50s and you're like, no, you know he true, wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, die, he's almost 60.
2: Uh, it's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: he wants he, to sit in four hours and no, makeup it's so every day. True. And, it's so no, true. He's getting too old.
2: I mean, they could just do here's me being like hopeful. I mean, he has different, as you can see in the game, he has different, he has a variety of attire. And they could just cover his chest sure. and it just be the his head.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, who knows?
2: Uh, my poor guardians are all going away. I'm so sad. I know. Um yeah, so yeah, we'll see you we'll see what the lineup ends up being like. Um So, you know, when it comes to adversaries, uh, there's no other way of saying it. I feel like the whole damn galaxy is against Star-Lord. Oh, of course. (laughs) So there's no way we're even going to go close to covering, you know, um, his... his, He doesn't... He's not like a Spider-Man. He's not like a Thor, where they have these very distinct adversaries that they are recurring, and they always... Like, that's his arch-nemesis. Like I just feel he doesn't have one of those. But... A notable one that I will mention right on top of this particular subject matter is the matriarch. And Jeffrey is very quickly becoming familiar with this matriarch because I'm not going to go into details um, about this character. But they are a featured main player in the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Um, that character is a bit different in the comics, of course, uh, really? it's not the same. Um, it's kind of, yeah, that the game is kind of more paying homage and Easter eggs to comic book fans than it is doing direct, um, versions. Yeah. Um, but basically the matriarch is the assistant to the leader of the universal church of truth who is magus, 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 magus. um, And and that's a very interesting storyline. Very culty.
0: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, you can see it in the game for sure.
2: Yeah, and you know, like, we we actually talked a little bit about this off mic, but that's more of an Adam Warlock territory um, of the stories. Uh, So if you want to go back and read that, that's about 1976 to the 80s, I think. Um, Very good stuff. But we do have um, a few that are are on both sides of the playing field, if you will. Um, Starting with Korath... Who, you know, we've talked about a few times here and there, who's um, portrayed by Jaiman Honsu, um, the the infamous who, Uh, (laughs) um, who in the books is a a Kree cyber geneticist um, and former member of the Kree Star Force and first phalanx Select. So he's basically, like, kind of how he's portrayed. He's an army man, if you will. Mm -hmm. He's a soldier um, who does not give a flying turd who Star-Lord is.
1: Nice. We love that.
2: (laughs) Ah, scrut. Um, (laughs) And then, uh, of course, Ronan. Ronan the The Accuser. accuser. Yep. Um, Portrayed by Lee Pace in Volume 1, who I thought was sensational. He is one of those people that's a character actor, both um, visually and by voice, because mm-hmm. I used to—I don't know—did you did you know that show, Pushing Daisies?
1: No, I that's don't. how I knew him. Oh wow!
2: It's it was like a one season show that came out—I don't know—in two thousand five or something, and it was basically about this mortician who could bring people back from the dead. It was very—it was like whimsical, oh, okay. nice. and he was—he was on it, and he was like a very Peter Parker-ish type of character. And so to see him like transform
1: into this whole different kind into of, yeah. Ronan,
2: I was like, "What?" That's and crazy. then that voice coming out of him, I was like, ooh, How?" And it was—it's just his voice. It's just he knows how to. Yeah. That's insane. Didn't he knows. He? That's crazy. Dang. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. He's so great. Hi. Are you okay? Um, and yeah, Ronan in the books is a longtime Supreme Public Accuser and eventual. Uh, like supremer of the Kree empire who mm. of course are like a very, very much recurring race in the guardians books. Um, and you see that in the game too. Like the, the main characters are Cree. they're yeah. all Cree. and you can tell by their, you know, the blue skin Yeah, uh, and, and it's, yeah, you can identify them very quickly. Not all of them are crazy and all of them are, are bad people of course, but it's difficult, you know, it's kind of like a, War of the Worlds type of ordeal where they just have a, they have an infamy for, for their passions. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then of course there's Aisha and the Sovereign in Volume Mm 2. Aisha herself portrayed by Elizabeth Debicki who is sensational. Mm. I think she's like 28 maybe
1: oh my gosh nice
2: now like now Now she's she's super young yeah
1: oh she's my age
2: yeah i think she's your age honestly Uh. she's incredibly accomplished and she's portraying princess diana in the crown oh okay the final season of the crown yeah and she was also in that uh that series with tom hiddleston what is it the come on do we know this wait Uh, the everybody at home is like screaming uh, the <laughs>
1: i'm looking at it i'm like hotel oh
2: she was also in tenant yes she was in tenant uh, yeah i love she's gorgeous oh, yeah she's gorgeous her. she's great 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 actress nice. what is what was it called
1: the, the the show yeah with i'm like with tom hiddleston <laughs> uh, the night manager the
2: night manager okay. <laughs> there you go yeah and she's just She's stunning. Yeah. She's truly stunning. And then
1: she's, oh my gosh, she was in The Great Gatsby. Oh, she played Jordan. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Wow. So I've definitely seen her in stuff. Right. I love that.
2: And she's only, oh, she's 31. But she's only 31. So she's been in this game. She was like 25 when she portrayed Aisha. Oh, okay. Which is crazy. She's so great. Such a great actress. And she's
1: the reason. And she creates Adam Warlock. Yep. that's not a spoiler (laughs) Adam not a spoiler
2: (laughs) from volume 2 so we'll see her bring Will Poulter to life in some. that's gonna be there
1: I can't wait to see Will Poulter's like how they ah (laughs) because I played the game so I see how how that is in in the Guardians game yeah so I'm like, okay.
2: Interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. I wonder
1: how they're going to do a yeah. little poulter like that and, and make it make, like, you know, believable and not, you know, comic. Right,
2: hokey, yeah. yeah. And, and I think this is, they're going to take equal parts of James Gunn's, like, just stratagem and, and incredible way of bringing characters to life, but also, like, a little bit, like, you know, like like we mentioned in Eternals, like the mechanics that Icarus had and, and the way that he was able to kind of just very seamlessly come across as this very, very powerful um, entity. Um, and I'm super excited. I I am most curious of what outfit they're going to put him yes. in. Yes. And what outfits maybe. I wonder if he got like super buff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, have you seen the kid?
1: I've seen <laughs> something, He's but jacked. I haven't seen like, yeah. He's
2: so jacked. And I've only seen like screenshots here and like because of everybody going nuts so oh, cuckoo when he was announced. I was like, what? And then I started looking through the pictures and everybody thirst trapping over oh, yeah. Will Poulter. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah. I wonder One. I
1: can't wait to find out who else probably yeah. was like mm-hmm. in the running for the role. I know.
2: And yeah. I think I think with him, we probably won't see a lick of a of a spoiler. Because he's going to be behind the scenes completely. He's going to be CG'd in most parts and touched up, probably,
1: or wearing wearing the whatever the hoods that they wear. (laughs) Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. Oh my gosh, can't wait. He's going to be great. Um, And of course, Ego, like we mentioned Mm -hmm. before, Um, and of course, Thanos, (laughs) the
1: great Thanos. Yeah,
2: father in law, father in law (laughs) woes. With that one, uh, portrayed by the great Josh Brolin in all the films, and he still has amazing. He still has presence to Love this day. Um, so we ran a poll on social um, and asked how many of you thought Quill was to blame for the Avengers loss in an infinity war.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's kind of funny. We, I put it up. Admittedly, I put it up pretty late on Twitter. But, you know, even it's funny. Instagram. I say this all the time. All the platforms are very different audiences. They, yeah. they, they have different people. Twitter said, nah. He was justified.
0: Ooh!
2: Instagram, hundred percent his fault. Wow! <laughs> so what the heck? <laughs> well, what is it, Jeff?
1: Oh, I have my, I have, my, I have my reason.
2: Is the show gonna end? This episode? <laughs> no. What's your reasoning? I,
1: he's, I'm, I'm on Twitter's side. Yeah. He's justified. My man. He's justified.
2: High five with myself.
1: He was totally, and if, you, and if anyone thinks otherwise, yeah. then you have real, no real human emotion.
2: Right. That's exactly <laughs> it. And it's like the humanity of, like, again, it, come, it goes back to, like, Meredith Quill. It wasn't about ego and him being half celestial and all that cosmic power. It was about the humanity and what he got from his mother's side. And that is the moment of complete humanity. Yeah. Because who wouldn't do that?
1: Uh, if who? you if you guys go and get into a situation
2: yeah.
1: where your father-in-law <laughs> kills your girlfriend, kills kills their daughter yeah. that you were dating, yeah. and you and, t- and you and, you're, and you tell me that you don't react at all, please, After please, losing
2: your father and your other father and, and your, your mom. mom
1: Please DM us um, so that we can, you know, talk about let's it. Let's
2: talk. Let's suss it out. Let's, do, let's just talk.
1: And just, you know. Yeah. Maybe. No. The fuck, no.
2: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's justified. Groot's like, bye. <laughs> He's like, this is getting intense. Like, No. <laughs> 100 like percent justified. Oh my gosh. And that's not that's that's not me being biased at all. That yeah, is like yeah. truly like, like I could be mad at him very easily, but I was like, he was completely justified hitting him in the head like that. And also, it's like Mantis, like, do like come on, concentrate. Everybody had an opportunity. Everybody yeah. was just sitting there going, Wow, he's about to do this, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, Peter.
1: If I if Tony <laughs> lost pepper, he'd be out the same way. Thank you. If, who else? Who else can we? You see it in What If? The Doctor Strange. Um, Christine. Lost Christine. Yeah. He literally destroyed a whole universe because he wanted her back. Shut the fuck
2: up. I love Lit Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, but those are fantastic examples. Yeah. Those are fantastic. You know, for a full fledged fact, Tony would have done that for Pepper. Let alone, um... Thor would
1: have done it for Jane. Oh, yeah. Steve Rogers literally Peggy went back in time to be Peggy.
2: With Peggy. <laughs> <'Cause> and everyone's <laughs> like, Oh, how cute he went back in time for Peggy. But, oh, Peter Quill, he hit Thanos in the head. Like, bruh. What? He Dude. changed space and time to go see Peggy. <laughs> like, changed the course of all the universe. But, I'm T'Challa. not that Peter didn't.
1: He sacrificed still. a mission to get with, to get back, um... Hi, Nakia. Nakia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, he's pulling with his arms. Yes! Dude. They're all fantastic <laughs> examples. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Sheesh! That's totally right.
1: This is why the MCU is different, because they're not just superheroes. They right. have human feelings. exactly, Which is the key difference between as of before, between MCU and and the DCEU.
2: DCEU. Yeah, it's very true. It's very, very true. So if you don't agree with this, please tell us. We'd love to have this dialogue with you. You're good, bro. No need to apologize. (laughs) It's okay. Um, So speaking of love interests and girlfriends and such, let's go Mm. into Peter's stuff. Mm -hmm. This is some interesting stuff. I mean, I'm not gonna go too crazy into it. There's only so many, honestly. so some random ones in the MCU. He mentions them all in Volume One, where they're in the prison. So there's a Ray Jack woman, a Kree girl, an Oscar Varian, who are the species that have multiple limbs. And they all tried to kill him, um, and that's kind of a a running joke I feel with <laughs> Peter Quill and his romantic interests. Because even in the game, with the main the main character that is like his ex girlfriend in the game, oh yeah, like. They weren't like they were kind of at odds, but they still they still ended good. Yeah. So like they still still do him favors and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that's pretty much the same in both MCU and 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 the books. I, I feel, um, and like I mentioned, uh, the the the, the Gramosian Duchess. Yes. So not only was he did he have that on his record? Apparently, he actually had an affair with her. Nice. <laughs> so. Imagine that storyline, if you will. I'm sure it's like yeah, a brilliant side story you can just put in your head and you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. So um, so that's how he ha- he got that on his criminal record. Um, but of course, you know, like in the films, it's it's quite literally two people who are, you know, first is Barit, the the pink girl mm-hmm. um, who is portrayed by Malia Kreiling, mm-hmm. um in volume one. Uh, And she's peppered throughout the film. You don't see her too much, but she's in in there quite a bit. Um, And she's a Krylorian um, who hooked up with Quill just after he fled the the Ravagers. I keep wanting to say Revengers, and I'm like, wrong film. (laughs) So before we get into the rest of the the ladies, um, I do have a pop quiz for you.
1: But also before that, okay. Peter Quill has like one of my favorite lines of the MCU. Yeah. Where he was just like, like the ship quill? He's like, Oh, the ship is up. Oh. Put a black light. <laughs> it was like a Jackson Poly painting, yes. and I was like,
0: "Oh, I love that!" Dude,
2: apparently, that was improvised. improvised? Yeah. yeah, there are so many film, uh, so many lines in that film, and so many moments that are apparently improvised. I was like, "Holy, yeah,
0: Clarking like, Scott!" Because I remember, I don't
2: know, if, so good. I don't know
1: if it was that. I'm pretty sure it was that movie. Yeah. where I was just like Jackson Pollock painting. Where's Jackson Pollock? And then you and look at you like, are oh, like, Oh, it's so that's gross. So <laughs> gross. <laughs>
2: So if you haven't googled uh, Jackson Pollock's paintings, they're essentially like splattered paint. So I love using. Everywhere. I
1: love using like Jackson Pollock paintings as so like a punchline to a dirty joke. <laughs> Hilarious! How Peter
2: Quill of you? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So so Barit is kind of of that cut of cloth um, among Peter's ladies um, that aren't shown in the MCU but are clearly there in some Barit, capacity. Oh, Berit, Oh, you're still here? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> I'll hello, be honest. Hi, hello. I, for, I, for, I forgot you were here. <laughs> like, oh. Love God, him. He's terrible. He is absolutely terrible. So speaking of that scene, what is Barit wearing? When we first meet her in the Milano.
1: Damn it! Oh, she's wearing a shirt. Okay. One of Peter's shirts. Ah. Ah, uh, I don't know if there's a band on it or a certain. Uh, <laughs> I forgot the graphic on it. Uh-huh. Oh
2: no. Hey, but you got half, half of, of it. that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she's wearing one of Peter's shirts.
2: Okay. Is that your final answer? Oh <laughs> <I> totally. Can't, <laughs> can't remember the graphic. Was it like a
1: cat? No, was it like a. Was it a band? I don't know. Did it I look like this? Uh, dang it.
2: <laughs> so I just uh, unraveled the shirt.
1: It is.
2: River Rafter, JD yeah. Canoe Rental, Dolores River. What's the Easter egg for it? Is there the- So the Easter egg with this and I I kind of spoiled it earlier on, but so in in the movie, Missouri, 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 yeah. Missouri. Comics, Colorado. Ah. Dolores River is. is in Colorado. Nice. Yeah. So dang, James Gunn at it again. An <laughs> Easter egg. So yeah, I got the t-shirt because I hope he
1: listens to this episode. I
2: should add James Gunn. Hey. So obsession time. Hey, Mr. Gunn, if is you're listening.
1: Is what we're saying is accurate?
2: <laughs> I know. Feel free to come and be on the show. I had half mind to add him and be like, hi. We're recording an episode on Peter Quill. <laughs> Did you want to be on it? <laughs>
0: Or you just want to come on episode just
2: no, talk. Yeah. Oh. Oh my gosh. Hundred <laughs> percent. At James Gunn. Hey James, you want to be on this episode of, about uh, talking comics and MCU and stuff? Yeah. Let's go. Oh my love, god. I'm love. gonna do it now. I'm just gonna be like, watch me, watch me, and then I want everybody to retweet it, <laughs> like and share. So yeah. So I feel like that's like a, a sweet, sweet, sweet Easter egg that yeah. he just kind of plants because like. It's like one of those things where you're like, what, what is the relevance of that? Is it just a t shirt?
1: Mm-hmm. Nope.
2: But then you think about it and you're like, oh, Colorado. Colorado. There wow. you go. Genius. So um, here's one that you perhaps weren't familiar with or had no idea or had like, maybe I mentioned it once upon a time. But in the books, one of his more recent and significant others was Kitty Pride, AKA nice. Shadow Cat. From X-Men, from X-Men, who is basically Chris Claremont's baby. Like, <laughs> anything Shadowcat, and if you see Chris Claremont's name on anything, it's either Shadowcat or Storm. Those nice. are his two ladies. And so there was a brief period of time in the books, both in Star-Lord, legendary Star-Lord, I believe, uh, the Solo series, and Guardians of the Galaxy, where they intermingled quite a bit. Um, so there was this huge storyline where um, the original X-Men, Angel, Beast, Iceman, Gene, and Cyclops. Mm-hmm. They came... <laughs> God, how do I explain this without getting too far off the rails? Basically, their younger selves came from the future. Okay. From the future? They came back in time. Was it days forward. of
1: future past? <laughs>
2: Kinda. I mean, she, so they came, they came to the future from the past. Yeah. To basically learn from their older selves of what mistakes to not make. Okay. I don't know how you do that without rippling the time. It's
1: literally days of future past. Yeah,
2: (laughs) So it's basically that. And so what happens is that um, there's this arc called the trial of Jean Grey. And so the Shi'ar, who are another space of, uh, another space, another race of aliens, um, Queen Lalandra, if you're familiar with Lalandra at all, she was in the 90s X-Men quite a bit. She's Professor X's lover okay. from space. She has this crazy, like, all armor gear. Um, there's a very uh, iconic painting of her done by Julie Bell from my com- my cards that is just gorgeous. I always loved her. She was kind of like a weird, offbeat character. Um but you know, like their their whole affiliation is like the gladiator. Do you okay. know the gladiator? He's like Superman. No. <laughs> he's got a mohawk. He's purple. Nice. Um, and then uh, Deathbird and all these characters. So so anyway, the Shi'ar were going to put Young Jean okay. on trial for the future Jean's mishaps with the Phoenix Force. Got it. And so um, what happens is basically like. Kitty Pride is in space for that reason, and Peter Quill is in the right place, wrong time. Of
1: course. <laughs> right place, wrong time?
2: It's just, it's a joke. Uh,
1: uh. <laughs> and
2: And so he, they, they basically, they, they cross paths, they start to feel for each other, and then they inevitably become engaged. Oh my gosh. So he, he so much, they get so in love with each other. So different, so very different. That she takes on the moniker Star Lord. Oh. And she becomes Star Lady.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Yeah, and full on the jacket, everything, everything, even the helmet. And so they become like two peas in a pod, and then just slowly, like all the good storylines, just pull them away. And they're like, all right, well, sorry. It didn't work out. <laughs> <but."> <laughs> They're gone. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so they never made it to the altar. I think she even went back, because, you know, her classic love story is Colossus. So she, uh, I think she went back to okay. Colossus. Um Correct me if I'm wrong. I just don't remember. But now she's currently um, on the Marauders team um, with Jerry Duggan, who also wrote a lot of Guardians books. He's fantastic. I know him a little bit where I maybe I'll talk about something he did for me, um, later in the show, but, um, he's fantastic. He's, he's such a great writer and such a presence in the books. Um, please pick up anything he's writing. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's kind of like, you know, Claremont in that he writes a lot of stories with this character and, and how much they love her. And, you know, I see it. She's, she's a classic character that's kind of made it through time and she's pretty powerful. She's pretty cool. But of course, you know, with Peter, it's funny because Peter seems to date these women <laughs> that are just like
1: Bad news. forces,
2: forces yeah. of nature compared to him. He's yeah. just like ah, like there's this this panel. Oh my gosh, can I bring it up? Where he like writes something in the snow for her and it's misspelled. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Um, what a guy! Yeah, what a guy. What that a Peter guy. Quell. Um, and then you know another notable. In the comics, which is very, 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 very recent. I'm talking like this last year. Um, And so not to get too crazy deep into it, please read it if you want. But there was a couple named Aradia and Mors. Um, There were spouses. Uh, They are now estranged from Peter. Wow. However, um, they're of the other dimensional planet named Morinus. And so... uh, (sighs) Earlier in the Guardian's run, the latest Guardian's run, Peter essentially sacrificed himself during war, and he quote-unquote died. He died. Um, And at this point in time, this is after Infinity Wars, where um, Gamora took on the moniker Requiem, and she folded—I mentioned this in another episode—she folded time on top of itself. Yeah. And so things got really weird and wonky. But anyway, they they ended up getting together um, during— or if not just after that storyline. So anyway, it left Gmore and the rest of the guardians, like they were just completely mm-hmm. obliterated emotionally. And so what had actually happened is that he like got transported to another time, if you will, uh, okay. another galaxy, another part of the universe. And so he met these two aliens on this planet who then f- they found them, they found him and then they nursed him back to health. And I refer to them as hippies because oh, okay. they're very hippie like. Okay. Have you unlocked the Sun Lord outfit on the game?
1: No, I can't. I'm suck <laughs> s- at finding the outfits. You <laughs> can find components, you can't find the You'll outfits You'll find
2: them. You'll find him. So he has this cool outfit, which is more or less his, his his current outfit. Um it's like a black leather jacket and it's got like sun flames. Oh,
0: okay, no, On no, it. It's so
2: cool. And but it's interesting because in the books he's got like rings and stuff mm. and he's barefoot.
1: Oh and okay. he's got no
2: shirt on underneath the jacket. Okay. Very hippie. Very yeah, hippie. 100 percent Um and grossly enough, in the books, he's like unshaven, his long hair, his fingernails are long. It's disgusting. But um he eventually grooms and he's all good. But with these with with um with Aradia and Moores, um, it's very interesting because he <laughs> they approach him for a polyamorous relationship, and he's like no, I can't do that. I'm with Gamora. I have to wait for Gamora. I have to find my way to Gamora, uh-huh. which is like very admirable. Of wow. him. I was like, wow, look, look, at look at you, Peter Quill. Then cue the SpongeBob 11 years later. <laughs> right? So 11 years passes and he's like, okay, I changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. He's like, I am down. And so they have a polyamorous relationship. And wow. meanwhile, the guardians are just like, Gamora is still more, mourning because time moved very differently. On this uh, planet okay. in Morinus, yeah. like pff, ten years was like five months, maybe, Jeez. maybe, right? So he's thinking, I'm never gonna get my way back to her. I'm never gonna see them again. I just have to move on with my life. Yeah. And then Gamora's like, Oh my god, it's been four weeks, <laughs> you know, like it's uh, like oh that. So so he agreed. Anyway, he agreed. They had this polyamorous relationship. He ends up he ends up conceiving a child with with, with Aradia. Oh, okay. And then, um, who birthed their child, Rocky. Wow. <laughs> Named their child Rocky after Rocky Record. <laughs>
0: Jeez, man.
2: Yeah, it's very, very interesting. And then ultimately, at the end of that storyline, um, he, he left Mornus to spare them the destruction. Because the, um, the Olympians, it was very much like, kind of, mm-hmm. it was kind of mirroring Meredith and the Badoons, where they came to find her, seek her out, and and ruin the bloodline destroy the bloodline so for quill it was the same uh faction of of people they were fighting when he sacrificed himself he wanted to make sure that the olympians just didn't which i i probably should look this up i don't know that they have any direct correlation with i, was gonna say. With the Eternals. Yeah. <laughs> I should have looked it up but yeah olympians so the, yeah so so the olympians um they then got tabs on him at Morinus, so they went after him, and then he was like, "Nope, not doing this again." And then he went back to his natural timeline. Um, and of course, the first thing that happens, he lands back on the, the planet in which that they were all at, and then like, he's they were like, "Quill, you're back," and he's like, "Oh, I'm not dead." And he's like, "And here comes Gamora. She's running, Peter," and he's like, "Gamora." And then first thing she does. Punching. Punches him right out, and he's yep. he's out. It's great. What a love story. So, which brings us to Gamora, who, of course, in the MCU is portrayed by the lovely, wonderful, awesome, talented, amazing Zoe Saldana. Yes. Um, yeah, and I don't want to go too deep into her because yeah, she's yeah. obviously going to have her own episode. Hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. Um, but yeah, so everything that I've mentioned is pretty much um, their their intertwinings and inter, you know. Uh, secting in the books, mm-hmm. but what do you think about the relationship in the MCU?
1: I think it. I mean,
2: like, what was your first impression with like the first film, for instance?
1: I mean, yeah, it's like, how can these two be a couple? Mm. You know, you're like it's two different people. You're, you see how like Gamora is, yeah. how she's raised, and you see Peter. He's just this ditz of a person, mm-hmm. just like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you
2: Did you think? at the time of 2014 or whenever you saw guardians of the yeah. galaxy did you feel like oh this connection's really gonna go somewhere or did you think ah, i didn't know
1: if it was gonna work or not yeah i for sure was like like when the one the, that first scene with them when um
2: nowhere or
1: i think yeah it was on it was on nowhere and peter was like here listen to this oh like, yeah da, 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 da. the walkman yeah and then she was like she was like, and she's yelled whatever i'm just like ha. Ah.
2: Pelvic sorcery. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Peter Quilla will not fall for your pelvic sorcery. Yay, yay, yay! It's just a... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, I don't like and I was like, yeah. okay, like, can Gamora like as like as like uptight as she is, or mm-hmm. can she can she break down yeah. a little bit? Yeah. So like I was like, oh, we'll see. Yeah. Then it worked. Mm-hmm. And then you see it. I think it kind of reaches its peak in Infinity War. Of course. So you are like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I, I didn't think it would work, but...
2: I hated the idea. <laughs> people don't... Like, people who know me now are like, oh, she loves Gamora and Quill. Oh, Gamora and Quill, Gamora and Quill. I was like, no. When I first saw that movie, I was like, no. <laughs> I don't like it. I wanted them not, not exactly like, but similarly to shang and Katie uh, were, like, of course, being an Asian-American and being in those same situations as Shang and Katie, where, like, everyone's like, oh, so when are you getting married? Oh, you're best friends. Oh, aren't you dating? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, no. Uh, immediately for them, I'm like, no. No. Like, leave them plat- platonic. Mm-hmm. They don't need to date. It's fine. Whereas with Gamora and Quill, I was like, no. 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 No, it's fine. And I kind of, maybe maybe that's where My my limited comic knowledge at that time for him kind of came into play where I was just like that doesn't make sense because they weren't at all romantic Mm. until 2018 Mm. at all so that's post volume two like you know why they did that you know but before never never in a million years when she was like no I mean
1: even in the game like yeah there's there's nothing yeah
2: nothing not even a lick of it and it's in. Not to say that it's even with the other characters that are featured. But, like I said again, you know, earlier, she's very much a Richard Ryder girl. She's very much an Adam Warlock girl. Yeah. Um, if she's even romantic, you know? Mm-hmm. So when they started, when, when that narrative started to develop in the film, I was like, hi, no, I don't like this. And so I remember being there for the fan event for Volume 2, and they brought out Palm, and James was there, and, you know, it was like a great time. And then I immediately, immediately get the sense that, oh, they're romantic now. Like, it's happening. I was like, ah! Oh. <laughs> I didn't, like... But, but I will say this. The genius that is James Gunn, yeah. he had me into it by 10, 15 minutes in. I was like, okay. Yeah. I can, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Because he was so... He did it so magnificently, and they're also... Their chemistry is incredibly great. You mm-hmm. know? Like, all due respect for Chris Pratt and his leading ladies, but like in the Jurassic World films, uh, with him and Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, they have good chemistry to a point. It's not romantic energy. Mm. But with Zoe Saldana, I feel like they have a certain way about going, and the way that they balance their characters. Yeah. So good. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, just about,
1: you know, I thought swords were your thing, guns were my thing, but it's fine.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, they have that banter where it's like, you know, like, she could easily say, I hate you, but it doesn't mean yeah. that at all. You know? So, um... So, yeah, yeah, not to, not to get too deep into Gamora land. We will
1: definitely cover her.
2: Yes. But, yeah, so I, I kind of, I feel for Pete and and how his storyline has officially turned into, that's his goal. And that's mm-hmm. his destination is to reunite with his his partner in any way, which is kind of like, wow, like, would you do that? Like that hypothetical question, rhetorical question. But, like, you know, like, would you do that if you had the chance to to be with somebody that you lost and then, but it's a different version, version of, them. of them. Like, would you still. Who have no
1: idea that you exist.
2: Right. And, you know, she. the tough. Choices tough. were between an, a tree and him. And, you know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <Really? laughs> yeah. So, I, we'll see what happens to them in the MCU. Um, as far as I recall, I think they're still together in the books. But, like, not. Like, they are, but they're not. Mm. Like, they're not. They're not. They're not romantic. Romantic. Okay. Um, they don't show them very often, if at all. Um, but yeah. So that. So that's that's Gamora. But we do have a listener comment. Woo. Came in very last second from nice. uh, listener uh, Robin on Twitter. Um, my question is Quill adjacent. <laughs> Just like Drax, I want to know. Why is Gamora? <laughs> Confused face, thinking face, grinning face, smiling eyes. Yay! We get a Quill episode party face, party popper. Woo! Woo! Why is Gamora? Why I is Gamora?
1: I still don't know. <laughs>
2: it's in our trailer and we don't yeah.
1: know. <laughs> no idea.
2: Uh, shall we proceed to powers? Let's. Let's. Okay, so comic book version Peter Quill. Okay. Enhanced human slash spartax physiology semi-immortality, enhanced human condition, superhuman durability, enhanced reflexes, regenerative healing factor. Um, Whereas in the MCU, he's Mm half-celestial. Does he have any of that stuff? He probably didn't even know. (laughs) And he might have had it. He might have had a little bit of it, you know? Yeah. Um, Because it didn't really spark until Ego, like, opened it, right? Yeah, exactly. He didn't know he was capable of that. Yeah, he had no awakening yet. So... Yeah, I mean he's certifiably half celestial, but that was before destroying ego. So it's kind of like well, <laughs> and it, like I you know I have here in my notes I think that Gunn very cleverly combined once again comic book attributes and made them into MCU Quill. Um, whether or not we'll see the, these other powers he's got in the books, oh my gosh, because as master of the sun, this is basically sun lord again. <laughs> basically basically sun lord again um you know with with the hippies and all that he he can fly um bioluminescence <laughs> it's very strange um telepathic resistance living power plant cosmic awareness so he can like sense oh the balance is off <laughs> it's like what um and then of course uh his general abilities are expert marksman so he's a great shooter. Can throw stuff really well. Uh, martial artist, master tactician, and strategist. Pilot, and has universal knowledge, which is something. You know that last bit is something that Gunn does have in the the films. That um, once again, if you look at the screens, and they they mentioned it. You know they have transplants in their necks, so that they can all communicate because they hmm. they're not speaking English. They're not speaking any yeah. one language.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. They're it's just, speaking alien. Just each other. Yeah, yeah. So
2: it could sound like clicking yeah, yeah. and clacking for all we know, yeah. but it's all translated. So that's really cool. Um, which leads me to the next listener comment we, re- we received from our new Patreon patron, the Iraq <laughs> who says, I believe James Gunn hinted that star Lord lost his celestial ties and abilities when ego was killed but, do you think Ego is really gone? And what about his ability to tap into his celestial half? Is that really severed? Or is there still some of that light left inside of him?
1: Oh, we discussed this, we talked about this earlier, right? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. But do you
2: think he's like, do you think Ego is 100% gone?
1: Knowing gone, I would like to say yes.
2: <laughs> Right, it's kind of funny that, like, of all things that are indicative that this character's I mean, done, it's James Gunn because he's very, like, nah, nah, I mean, nah.
1: If he if he's only a planet, and they obviously destroyed that planet, yeah, I don't see how he unless he has unless he has like lasting effects,
2: yeah,
1: you know that. But physically, I, don't, I mean, I would say no, right? Like that's yeah. When you think about it, they killed a celestial, yeah, Jesus.
2: Yeah, and if one can be beheaded and float in space, one can surely explode and cease to exist. Yeah.
1: Um, so I say yes. I agree. When it comes to his celestial powers, mm-hmm. half celestial powers. Yeah. I also don't. Th- I also don't think Peter cares.
2: I don't think so either. For his
1: pat, po- like him being half Mm-mm. god or half celestial, or
2: whatever. Mm-mm. Yeah.
1: Like he didn't figure that out until he. You realize, like he was like, "Oh wow!" Like when he held the power stone, mm-hmm. volume one, he was like. How am I not like dead right now? Yeah, yeah, that's true.
2: Great point. Yeah, and then,
1: so he realized it was half. So I don't think he cares. Mm-hmm. in My opinion. Yeah, he's. I think he's like
2: cool, but also
1: yeah, ah. like he knows he Peter knows who, who Peter knows who he is at at the core. Right. You know, yeah, Star Lord. His mom's little Star Lord. No,
2: my little um, Star Lord.
1: Yeah, and then with you know, with you know, and being a leader to to these Guardians.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I he, agree.
1: Him having godlike powers is mm-hmm. just like cool.
2: You think he'll ever get anything back? Do you I don't think know. he's I gonna? Know.
1: I feel like maybe we'll uh, we'll see if that has any lasting effects, or whatever. I guess. Yeah. In volume three, see how his story kind of kind of dwells out.
0: Ah.
2: But
1: uh, I don't know. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you I, how you <laughs> would yeah. wrap his story up. Yeah, because it's gonna thing. be
2: Thor first, then the X Men special, and then. Volume three. So, yes. God knows what we're going to see of him leading up to that last volume. Oi, oi, oi. I don't know. I know. I'm so excited as I am terrified. <laughs> um, so, hope that answers your question, Arachnard. Um, so, with that, we're going to roll on into aesthetic. So, even still, if you can believe it, there are some really severe contrasts between even these characteristics of the character. So, you know, in the, in the films, we see he has these blasters, right? These really yeah. sick blasters, yeah. um, which, well, by the way, the Arachnoid apparently had just gotten recently, which is pretty cool, so, like, like, mock ones. And I have tried to get them for, like, literally five years or more, mm-hmm. but we have a very interesting toy gun law here in California. Uh, so no one will sell, ship them to, to me. Got I've it. ordered them three times and they're like, sorry, I can't. It won't let me. And I was like, Ugh. so I have to find a vendor somewhere. But of course, first I need to get the God Slayer, whatever nerd problems. So I don't have any of these blasters, um, but they're very different between um, the films and the books in that. I don't know, Jeffrey, to you, when Quill uses his guns, does it seem like the same kind of rounds every time? Does it look the same to you oh, every time? Question.
1: Just off the top, yeah, I would say yeah,
2: right, right. Because even the sound is pretty specific. Yeah. Um, well, in the books, it's it's kind of like well, you know this now, or you're coming to know this now because you're playing Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy I've the game. Yeah, i I was like, oh wow. So, in if for those of you who don't know, they're actually called element guns in the comic books, and so um, they're fashioned to um, Quill's like specific DNA. He is the only person that can use them. Um, but they also have these these powers to uh, conjure the four elements. And so uh, in this case, it's it's fire or lava, um, wind or air, ice or water and ether or electricity. And so <laughs> with, how many have you unlocked in the game
1: for the for the
2: for the element gun- guns? <sighs>
0: Three, three, I'm okay, at three. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it's it's neat because the way that they the kind of storytell it in the game is that he has to learn he has to learn it. Whereas kind of like in the books, it's like ice, water, yeah, fire. <laughs> like, he's his own captain, captain yeah, 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 planet. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, in the in the game, I like that they progress him naturally, and yeah, that like, yeah, the like more in, experience in, he does. In times gets. of desperation,
1: he, right. he didn't know that his. Right, guns can do that. Right, know? he's like, Shoot. oh,
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's cool, and it comes in handy for all the right reasons, and and so that's a big element. And I'm curious. I don't know that anybody has asked Gun this, but I wonder why he decided to forego that. Maybe it's just too much. Maybe it's too much finesse for a film. Like maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but it's a cool, it's maybe, a cool feature, yeah. um, and maybe it just makes him too powerful, <laughs> on top of being a half celestial. Yeah, you know? maybe. Yeah, um, and of course, you know, the the helmet, the jet boots, the armor, which vary depending on which era of the the character you're looking at. So I have the helmet here.
1: I know, I see it. Have
2: you tried this on before?
1: Not yet, I'm going to.
2: (laughs) Well, let's see, do you want to put it on now or should I put it on? I'll put it on. You want to put it on? All right. I'll put it
1: on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. it fits my big head. There's
2: a button on the side. You gotta pretend, yeah, you gotta pretend you're Star-Lord, bro. I am not (laughs) Star-Lord. This goes
1: on top of my
2: head. Like it goes behind your head, yeah. Behind my head, yeah. Well, whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's the other the other one. Yeah, there you go. Okay, now try it.
0: Okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh.
2: Maybe I should record that. Oh. Oh, right. Oh. Whoa.
1: I will proceed to record the rest of this podcast in the Star Lord helmet. <laughs> No one can tell me otherwise.
2: <laughs> you look pretty great, I gotta say. So how's the red? All the red, right? Yeah. You know what's you know what's really cool about that helmet is that you can connect it to Bluetooth, uh-huh. so you can play music. Oh yeah. Via the helmet, so which is what a lot of cosplayers tend to do with that thing. <laughs> but it's so cool. So the helmet is like one of my favorite things about the the character and his costumes. I don't know what yours is, but maybe that's changing with the tides as of right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's literally sitting here wearing the helmet. I like,
1: I like this a lot.
2: <laughs> it's cool, right? <laughs> and so yeah, some of the cosplayers will be wearing that version of it, um, whereas other ones have like, you know, custom-made ones for their head. <laughs> See now I'm just super distracted, I'm just like, <laughs> Star Lord <laughs> helmet! <laughs> um, and I believe that they also make Star Wars ones.
0: So you oh. could get
2: like a Darth Vader, a oh, Stormtrooper, okay. a Boba, any of those, and they do the same s- stuff. It's so cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I
1: don't know how you do a whole day in these things. Though. I don't know. This That's is, a
2: challenge. This is uh, exhausting. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, um, and of course, you know, like one of the biggest things are the suits for this character. Um, mm-hmm. It's there's not much variation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm telling you, we're almost done with the episode. It's so I'm great. going to
2: ride it out. No, write it out, bro. Um, so, yeah, in the MCU, he hasn't had much variation, you know, between films. Um, mm-hmm. Even throughout Endgame, you know, I feel like it's been pretty, pretty, um, pretty typical with the maroon jacket, the blue shirt, and the dark gray pants, but little variations of it. And, of course, like in, in the second film, he has a more... He has a look that's kind of like reminiscent and homage to his Ravager outfit from uh-huh. the first book and uh, first movie, and then he has that the scarf, which I believe is is what Rocket wears in Endgame, and also, oh, yeah. like I think I I told you Jeff um, that Palm yeah Palm I think we mentioned in another episode that Palm even said on Twitter she replied to me or quote tweeted me during a, a live rewatch that the shirt that. That says, quote-unquote, gear shift in, yeah. in another language. It's called Kebab Becky, because it looks like Kebab Becky, <laughs> which is the, the blue shirt that Peter wears in Volume 2. Um, do, do you have a favorite of Peter Quill's in the MCU? i wearing this What? (laughs) It's great. You have to wear it for all of our recordings now. Jesus. And you have like the little Peter Quill curl coming out from on top. Oh, Oh, it's so good. It's great. Um,
0: (laughs) I like the,
1: I like the outfit when they like crashed on Volume Two, and then he's with, um, he's wearing that shirt. Was that shirt the
2: Kebab Becky shirt?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah,
2: with the jacket or without the jacket?
1: I mean, I always like a nice jacket. Yeah, Candle.
2: yeah Candle. no, and for sure. Like I, I love mean, yeah,
1: that, that red jacket's iconic. Yeah,
2: I'm, a, I'm obsessed with it. I have a version of that um, that I just casually wear at random. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you have the the black outfit he wears during Tony's, like, memorial at the oh, end of Endgame, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is so brief. That, yeah. yeah, I was like, dude, I want to see more of those outfits, but it's so sad. Um, okay, I'm going to take this off. Yeah, I think you can take it off. <laughs> How was that Starboy? <laughs> so yeah, imagine a whole day. That was interesting. Some of the cosplayers you just got to give them some props, man. Oh my Well, yeah, it's really cool. So I used like <sighs> when I first got it, I would obsessively play the chain on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh yeah, and and I made a note. I guess his most recent outfit, yeah, it's similar to the Volume 2 outfit. The little knickknacks are a little different and stuff, but it's very very similar to the Volume 2 outfit. Um, Whereas in the comics, you know, he's kind of gone through some iterations. He used to predominantly wear, like you see in this Marvel previews, Mm -hmm. he used to predominantly predominantly wear blue and gold um, or or navy blue and yellow. Um, Super owly, there is kind of like an owl component, like he had an owl in the books. Okay. So it kind of inspired his his helmet. Um, And then there was the more modernized version. Um, and that's why I asked like if you if you've un- which outfits you've unlocked in the game because two of them are of the more modern era um one is like the owl version and then there's the other one which I believe is called social lord um
1: oh, okay yeah
2: and and that was created or I believe is created by Chris Anka but I'm gonna give Chris um credit for it and so what I'm showing Ooh. you now is this beautiful original art whoa of star lord number two it's the cover um Whoa, that looks by sick. artist christopher anka who is incredible he's currently working i believe as a storyboard artist for into the spider verse 2 Ooh, nice um he's an icon as far as the comics go both mm-hmm. marvel and dc um but i loved his run with writer chip Zdarsky. They did a short Star Lord run. It was really great. He obviously modeled his face a little bit after Daddy Pratt, (laughs) (laughs) but he has this—he has a way of like beefcaking every character, Uh (laughs) so he's super hot in the entire thing. Um, But this was interesting, and I'll let you take a closer look at it because it's gorgeous. Yeah, like it's one of those things. I have—I only have about four. Oh, it's so much detail, and Chris is just so clean and so good. But um, I only have—I think I have four pieces of of original artwork that was used in books. Mm -hmm. That being one of them. But it was interesting because I, it was one of those purchases where I would see Chris at shows as just a patron. And I would, and I'd always go through his books and that one was always in the front every time I opened the book Uh and I'm like, how much is this? And he would tell me how much it is. And I'd be like, "Uh, it's a lot of money, but I'm not, I'm not going to buy it right now. I'm not going to buy it. And then I promised myself, I said, if I see that page at another show, like the third show I finally saw him at, yeah. I was like, if it's still there, it means it's meant for me, and I'm gonna buy it. Because the second time I saw it, funny anecdote, Chris, you know, I asked Chris, I said, why is this? Wait, you know, because by by the point that he's selling it, it's already been on the shelves. It's already uh, it's already lived out. It's yeah, eight, yeah. You know. So why is
1: oh like why is it still?
2: But also, also. The the thing was, is that I was like, wait, why is this different from the actual book? And Mm -hmm. he explained it to me. So I'm going to show you the actual one. The Um, actual cover? The actual cover. So it's a variation of an actual cover. And then here comes my autocorrect, turning a star into a star. (laughs) Star Lord. (laughs) Peter Quill, Star Lord, 2017. So it's a very recent. Um, So yeah, so when... Once I saw this artwork versus its printed component, printed edition, I was like, Whoa. wait, wait, why, why is his face covered in the cover versus the original art, which is very much a face picture? Uh-huh. And he said, well, there are some laws and rights in place that they can only use a likeness of a certain person
1: in film and whatever. In film
2: and print, it's, if you will. Yeah. So they, the whoever, the powers that be. Yeah. Were like, hey, how about you put the helmet on? <laughs> but he did it digitally. So the digital version of the book, he put the helmet on. He drew the helmet on. Wow. But the original, which is what I have, yeah. he is a maskless Star-Lord in all his handsome beauty. Wow. So yeah, so I got that. There's so it's special.
1: There is some Chris Pratt likeness, I bit, guess. A little
2: bit, a little bit. But maybe it was more of like, oh, you know, we have so much of his face showing in general. Yeah. Maybe we just put the helmet on for good good measure, you know, because it is a Star-Lord book. And I believe he only has his helmet on, if not that one, he only has it on the fourth book. Mm. Which is a TNA shot. Oh, uh,
0: okay.
2: <laughs> so, so yeah, so maybe, maybe it's a little bit of that too. But I mean, if you look at this, this cover, you're like, ah, compared to what he used to look like.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. you kind of see
2: it. It's a little bit, it's a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's a handsome man. Um, so thanks, Chris Anka, for that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Social Lord. So I like Social Lord, mm-hmm. which you'll see when you unlock it. But it's, yeah, it's like a blue, like, I don't, what, is it, what do you call that? It's like a double-breasted
0: yeah, yeah, coat. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, and I have never seen a cosplayer do that, I don't think. They always do the movie version. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's it's super, super, duper great. And then, of course, pr- like I previously mentioned, um, Sun Lord, which is the flames and all that such. Um, but hopefully you'll get to see them all <laughs> when you unlock I them all. I hope so. Yeah, I think he has, like... I want to say he's like amount. 16 or something, maybe 12. He's got a lot in the game. Um, which, speaking of games, um, you know, with this latest release, I believe there are only two specifically Guardians of the Galaxy games out in the ether. Um, the first one was actually a Telltale game. Do you know what those are at all?
1: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you like.
2: Choose your own adventure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so that was. It came out, I want to say, three or four years ago. It's a little depressing, (laughs) but this one is too. I mean, really, like, honestly, at the heart of their stories, the Guardians are quite fractured and a little broken. And like Quill says in the movie, like they're they're kind of like a group of losers Mm -hmm. um, who've all kind of come together in, in their, you know, their pain. Um, but yeah, the first telltale is is pretty neat. Uh, I think it's like five episodes or six episodes long. I like that one. it grew on me. Um, but this new one is obviously incredible um, every all the hype about it is absolutely true. <laughs> um, it's really
1: good. I love I love the story. Yeah,
2: it's great and you know, you kind of get past like the look because the first thing I remember when they dropped the trailer for the game and the gameplay for it, People were just like, whoa, why do they look like that? <laughs> why does Gamora look like that? And I was like, I was part of that too. I was like, oh my God, what have they done to her face? Um, oh, look at the whole... The, like, the black, yeah. like the black coloration, which isn't, you know, that itself is kind of different from the books she's had, you know, many, many outfits and she does have some birthmarks that are a little different than that, but... Um, you know it it was just different but again like all things if you give it the chance and you go through with it and and play and experience it yourself it turns out to be something really awesome and that game is a true testament of that because now it's up for like story of the year or something i don't know it's for up for a few game game of the year game awards yeah i can see why because like that was before
1: i I played it you let me borrow it yeah and i was like oh I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah. The visuals are super cool. Super, super duper sick.
2: Yeah, it's pretty, and I can't even imagine what they look like on your system because I am my my PS4 like.
1: I mean, I'm playing on my <laughs> PS5, and I brought the <laughs> yeah. PS5 down to the like our yeah. t- the TV like in the living room. Oh my and so, gosh, like, it looks just, so good. Just huge, it's like wow.
2: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Have you like, gotten to portions where you pilot the Milano?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Like how crazy is it's that? Pretty, that's
1: pretty fun yeah, too. The, yeah, the
2: mechanics. Very
1: intuitive. It's super easy to yeah. like pick up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like.
2: It's good. And yeah, you still got some way to go. I think you have like five chapters or so. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, four or five. The
1: stories part. are so good too. Like yeah. they just they just flow and mm-hmm. they work, and I'm just like, oh it's gonna keep going yeah. and going and I going. know
2: I just want it to never end. <laughs> I
1: know. And it's like you can keep doing different scenarios
2: mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And you can go back and replay levels yeah because like nowhere speaking of nowhere like that's a whole side game in itself there's yeah. so much so going much on so things to do there oh my gosh yeah and there's so many scenarios and and to speak back about the Telltale series they're There are a lot of choose your own adventure and you have that capability when you bring the huddle together with the guardians in the Mahita battle.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like
2: Yeah, it's such they have so many cool elements and so many Easter eggs that are both like very reminiscent in the films and the in the books and it's like, oh it's just so I don't know how they did it, but they pulled it off. And um I don't I think I'm ruined for games for the rest of my life because it's so good. Yeah. Um yeah so i mean i hope we get an update well our next episode is a mini marvel so i hope by then you'll you'll have finished it maybe and maybe we I can talk so. about i'm pretty <laughs> sure yeah i've been i've been playing it yeah, like i've been yeah. playing it it's good um and of course so we're gonna before we before we start wrapping things up <laughs> um our favorite this one's a doozy almost was
0: imagine.
2: oh my gosh
1: obviously chris wasn't uh, he, James, was not, James first.
2: Yeah. No, he was not first choice by any means. He really struggled to get the role. Um, but if you if you will believe this movie web has graced us with nearly 20 actors.
0: Oh, my gosh. Who
2: were nearly cast as oh Peter gosh. Quill. And so I'm going to kind of run through yeah. most of them because, you know, hopefully you'll know who they are. Uh, so here we go. Joel Edgerton, uh, he's from Star Wars fame. He played a character named Owen Lars. Jack Houston from Boardwalk Empire. Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
1: Interesting.
2: Very interesting. He, uh, of course, was uh, Dick Grayson in Dark Knight Rises, who later becomes Nightwing. My favorite DC character. Um, Never happened, obviously. Uh, (laughs) And apparently he was up for Ant-Man, and he got beat by Rod. (laughs) So... Well, um, Jim Sturgis, who is from Across the Universe and Cloud Atlas. Eddie Redmayne, very oh. interesting. Okay. Uh, Garrett Headland from Tron Legacy. Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Okay. Lee Pace himself, wow, Ronan. So, is an, was that another Sebastian Stan scenario? Like, Maybe, did you probably. Do, yeah. Did you come in and then you were then offered and another? And I was
1: like, "Yeah, hey, you'd probably be better for
2: yeah. this role." Yeah, um, Cam Gigandet, who is uh, one of the vampires from Twilight. <laughs> nice. Uh, Sullivan Stapleton from Three Hundred: Rise of an Empire. Um, John Krasinski, uh, nice. who also auditioned for Cap. Michael Rosenbaum. <laughs> Who is one of Gunn's friends, and he was also um, played a role in volume two. Do you remember? Do you remember which character Michael Rosenbaum was?
1: Let me see his face really quick.
2: I mean, that ain't going to help you.
1: I just want to see his face.
2: <laughs> he was Lex Luthor, too, in Smallville. Uh, you, know what? Uh, you, you know him. I was going to call him Lex Luthor. You know him. Michael Rosenbaum. Come on.
1: What uh, character did he play?
2: Do you remember Martin X? He was the crystal guy.
1: Yeah, oh, okay. Him. That's him. Ah, okay. So he,
2: that's him in volume two. So he still got in there. Um, Jensen Ackles, once again. Very interesting. Somebody photoshopped his head on top of Chris's body. And I was like, ah! <laughs> so Hawkeye, Star-Lord, perhaps. Uh, Chris Lowell, who is from um, Veronica Mars. Uh, Wes Bentley from The Hunger Games. Logan Marshall Green. Um, he was actually in... Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, which I forgot that that was him, but he was the shocker
1: uh, when he had yeah, the things yeah, on yeah, his hands. yeah, yeah. yeah. In the back um, of
2: the van and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, James Marsden, Cyclops. Oh, wow. And finally, who I believe was the number one for a while, Glenn Howerton from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Hmm. Yeah. So I was like, ah, interesting, which, yeah. which is kind of, I could see that for sure, especially for going with pre-modern okay, yeah. Peter Quill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of caps it off. Although I do have one. Yeah. I guess I'll, maybe I'll mention it all.
0: Well, <laughs> so ahead. Jerry,
2: Jerry Duggan and I, who is, you know, Jerry is like, again, he's one of the, he's been a very, um, he's been on many runs of guardians, uh, in the comics, and he's doing a lot of X books, X-Men books right now, um, and other books in general. He's fantastic. Uh, Once Upon a Time, during lockdown, early ages, early stages of lockdown, he, we had a discussion for some reason. I don't remember what I said. It was something about one of my favorite comic books and it being an issue that he ended up writing. And he did a very—he uh, sent me something pretty awesome— um, which was basically the bare bones of the issue that I was talking about. Oh wow, nice. So I got to see the script, I got to see uh, the artwork, which was done by the incomparable Chris Samney, um, who is very well known for his daredevil runs. Um, but yeah, it was <laughs> and that, above all is definitely a suggested read because it's it, it kind of takes you on an emotional roller, roller coaster. And there's not much dialogue in it, and I find like a lot of these comics that don't have a bunch of dialogue, but they're very reliant on visual. Visual, okay. Do so much storytelling that it's like you can't compare. It just it's just too good. Um, so yeah, so some suggested reading for you that said anything by Jerry Duggan. <laughs> just get anything with Jerry's name on it, as no well it as didn't. as well as Brian Michael Bendis, um, both fantastic writers in their own right, and of course for the Guardians. Um, especially peter quill um you know we've talked about it here and there infinity wars in 2018 also by jerry with mike diodato art and uh frank martin coloring uh star lord 2016 um by chip zadarsky with chris Anka, as we we're just discussing and met with Wils- wilson on colors and uh the guardians 2021 run by al ewing who has written many, many a book for many a character we have discussed on the show already, um, with Juan v- uh, Frigari and Frederico Blee on arts. Um Ooh. yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of Star-Lord, but you know what? Hey.
1: Hey. He's important.
2: He's Star-Lord, man. Yeah, he's... Star-Lord.
1: Very important. Star-Lord. Super dense, a lot of backstory to him. I am good. I feel like, I feel like Gunn has really kind of...
2: Ugh. So good.
1: Flesh them out in a way that's digestible yeah. and easy for the audience without, without like, without like diminishing the character from yeah. the comics.
2: And let's be honest. It made Chris Pratt a household
0: name. Yeah. Like Andy
2: Dwyer was one thing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Of course. I will attest to that any day. Star Lord. Yeah. That's what sealed the deal. Yeah. And that made him a, for, a star. For, 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 for a lot, for all of them. Yeah. Actually. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I I would mean, agree with that.
1: Vin Diesel says three words, man.
2: <laughs> Literally, three he says words.
1: three words.
2: I am Groot. <laughs> Groot knows. <Wow. laughs> he yeah. knows. I mean, yeah, you for- that's you know,
1: true. So it's just like,
2: and he's he. Yeah, you know, it's same same to be said about Rocket and and Groot themselves, not my cats, but but the characters because. You forget that they're completely CGI. Yeah. That Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper have never stepped on set. On set
1: ever. Ever, they but don't yet. Need to. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but yet you feel for those characters perhaps even more than the other characters, yeah. which is nutty. Yeah. And it was but that's, great. Sean, that's Sean. That <laughs> Sean. Wow. I'm sorry. That's James. James like power. You yeah. know, he, and he did it again with Suicide Squad, uh, with Sebastian the, the Rat. Like, you were like, I will protect I mean, this yeah, rat. And the rat's
1: name on set was... With my life. Was Crisp Rat.
2: Crisp Rat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> adorable. I love it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's fantastic. I mean, obviously, I'm just fangirling at this point. But, you know, again, made us character about characters that we perhaps wouldn't have given a flargin exactly. damn about.
1: Can't can't wait to see where yeah. where not only not only um, Peter but also yeah. all the Guardians all see where their the story Guardians. ends up in MCU.
2: Exactly. So, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, we're going to take some character study suggestions again. I mean, we're always open to anybody. Oh, Is yeah. there anybody that you can think of that you would like to do?
1: Off the top? Wait, wasn't it? Didn't we? Uh, I think Doctor Strange was. Doctor we're saving, Strange. We're saving.
2: We might, yeah, I mean, it might be a good time to do him after. <laughs> do him after. Nice. Keeping that. <laughs> no. Sorry. It might be a great time to cover him after No Way Home perhaps maybe yeah so maybe we'll do a little Doctor Strange and then Kate Bishop somewhere yeah um but yeah our next episode will be a mini marvel so if you have questions sure like send them our way leave
1: us questions yeah but we we do
2: have we do have an incredible roster of questions from a young um marvel fan oh
1: my god yes i forgot about that yes Yes.
2: and she has even more questions so we could even just go through her stuff but we would love more questions from anybody and everybody as well as character suggestions um and yes, next episode is a mini Marvel, so tune in. Uh, it's just going to be kind of like freeform, willy nilly. We'll see what happens. Um, and of course, a we are Groot. Salute to Ed, Ariel, Robin, Joe, Liz, Nats, Ashley, Claire, Melanie, Andrew, Jenny, and Laura. I wrote. I wrote them a the letter on Patreon, and I was like. This list is getting long, but that's great. <laughs> so Not thank you. Not complaining, but thank Not you. Not complaining, yes. thank you very much. And of course, follow us on all the things at S-T-R-K-C-N-T-R-S-T or just search A stark Contrast, we come up. Ooh. And if you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe. Yes. Yeehaw. Saritos it's <laughs> <Get> Cerrito <laughs> Square
1: exactly
0: <laughs>
2: car commercial vibes
1: yeah uh, Yeah. thank you guys again and we will catch you in the next one I am Groot bye. bye I look around at us you know what I see losers I mean like folks who have lost stuff And we have, man, we have, all of us. Our homes. Our families. Normal lives. And usually life takes more than it gives, but not today. Today it's given us something. It has given us a chance.
0: To do what? To give a shit.